0: Across the UK, online and
1: on DAB. He has made a covenant with the night and with the darkness he is in agreement. Uncut after-hours conversation for the up-all-night generation. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee
2: on Sork Radio. We'll get you talking. Well, 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 dear listener, who'd have thunk it? Um, this is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio with me, Ian Lee. Catherine Boyle is there. Word. Chris Difford from Squeeze is there. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Now, you've got to get really close to these microphones. We're Good not morning. In, we're not in your fancy um, recording studios no, of now. Not, yeah. Chris Difford, when did you change your last name to From Squeeze? Does that become a bit of a, a bind, having that all the time? Um...
3: It has a bit, and in fact, who was it I was talking to? Um, oh, it was James Corden. Yeah, I-, I met James Corden, and I said, "Hi, I'm Chris Christopher from Squeeze." He said, "Why don't you drop the from Squeeze and just be Chris?" You mm. know. So I said, "Oh, okay." You know. Yeah. I- I've stopped. I've stopped saying it now.
2: It's that shorthand. We talked about it before. Before you came on air, when, when you were when you were coming up, me and Kath were mm. um, watching your baby videos. You know, videos yeah. specifically of 1982, Madison Square Garden. Um. And loads of journalists, like you know, that kind of press conference. And um, mm. the, the, it's the new Lennon and McCartney. Yes. The, these guys are the new, the best British songwriters since Lennon and McCartney. Yeah. And I was asking if that was a drag. Um, and y- again, yeah. that was that was kind of your way into the states, wasn't it? Well, it was a quote
3: from Rolling Stone, and the record company put it on the side of um, the "Sweets from a Stranger" album. So, yeah. whenever the record turned up at a, a, you know a faraway radio station, and they saw that, it gave them the opportunity to play it, i right. guess but those madison square garden gigs one of the gigs that we did we did this huge kind of um fanfare and we took journalists from the sunday mail i think with us on concord wow. and the whole plan was we were going to get off like the beatles and there was going to be hundreds of fans there so we yeah buddied up with a radio station in New, New York, and we said, you know, get as many fans down as you possibly can, and yeah. we're going to give them free cassettes, or whatever it was. Anyway, we all got pissed on the plane, so to speak, and when, when we got off, there were five people
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well the the clip said, it. "We haven't seen scenes like this since the Beatles." And me and Kath are going, um, "Hang on a minute!" <laughs> they're saying it doesn't make it so. Does there's it? No, no one
4: there.
2: There's no one there. It was hilarious. But <laughs> playing Madison, anyway. playing Madison Square Garden. You know, mm. they're, they're, uh, not only is it a huge venue, it's one of those venues like the Palladium, like the Buda Khan. You yes. know, the Hollywood. But it's, it's it's such a famous it is venue. What was that like? Do you remember what it was like stepping out on the stage there?
3: No. You don't? I, I don't really remember it, to be honest. I remember the joy of being there, mm. I guess, and the camaraderie within the band. And a very good friend of mine, Chalky Davis, is a wonderful photo- photographer, I asked him to take some photographs, and the only ones that he took were of our feet. <laughs> So the only ones I've got of that gig are of my feet, which is kind of weird. But, um, you know, if we ever do it again, I'll, I'm in a much better head, yeah. head space. I'll be able to visualise what it's like.
5: You
2: you don't get anyone called Chalky anymore. My no. dad knew a Chalky. Everyone knew a Chalky in the 70s and the 80s.
3: Yeah, I was at, um, I was at Suggs' gig the other night, and I yeah. sat next to a Chalky, and he's, he was a school-time buddy of Suggs. Really? Yeah, he was a real, really, really lovely guy. And... Uh, Every time Sugg said something on the stage, he said that's a load of rubbish. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wait, I'm, I'm going through a real kind of seventies trip at the moment. I, too, I, Catherine and I are watching. Do you remember this TV series, the first fly on the wall documentary, The Family, mm-hmm. from about 1974? Wow. It was a fam- and it was just a, a working class family in Reading. Right, and um, it was it was uh, it was it was huge, and they repeat, repeated it in the 80s, which I think is when I saw it first. And it's all on YouTube, of mm-hmm. course. Oh, of course, and so we're watching this, and I, I was born in seventy three but I, I I remember bits of the seventies i would forgotten how grim the nineteen seventies were, particularly if you' were growing up on a council estate like I did. I did as well, but it was glorious was it yeah, was it come on, come on, it wasn't all choppers
3: and it you, was choppers for our was well, <laughs> darling. <laughs> Yeah. What, what uh, month in 1973 were you born? June. All oh, right. Yeah. So Glenn and I had only been started writing. We'd been together three months at that point.
2: Isn't that funny? Mm. Wow.
3: What would you, We'd did... probably written 100 songs by then, I think.
2: Had you written anything good by then? When, when, did, when did you when did you cross that line where you went, uh, oh, hang on a minute, We I think yeah. we're onto something here. I think in the first summer we did
3: a lot of heavy courting as writers. Yeah. And we were staying up late and writing lots of songs. And I would uh, work... Avidly on lyrics, and then pass them to him, and he 'd go off to his room and write tunes and um, you know they absolutely were amazing when I listened to the demos now and they 've grown they 've grown, and you know I think it did take a couple of months for us to find our feet as it naturally would but um by that time, we were sort of starting to form a band, mm. so the the best way of finding out whether you had a good song or not was actually to play it in front of your yeah. mates down the pub and you would soon get the thumbs up or the thumbs
2: down then. Did you, because I, you know, I think a lot of um, Mm. boys in particular, well, I know you were in a band, Catherine. (laughs) You were? That's great.
6: Yeah,
4: no, it wasn't great. Well, Uh,
2: hang on a minute. As as we know, Chris is, is, you know, either Lennon or McCartney. We don't know which. I don't want to nick in my lyrics. (laughs) Do you want to give him some of the... No, I really don't. Yo, Uh, we're wow. Yo,
4: we're wow. I think one of the, well, I know that the main verse was running down the speedway chasing all the ice cream. Yo, we're wow. I mean, we were, like, ten, so it's allowed.
2: (laughs) His head's going, Mm, hmm. That is allowed, I suppose, Mm. at ten,
4: yeah. But Speedway's a very exciting place for a ten-year-old.
2: Speedway is, indeed. Uh, I, um, you know, I was in a band when I was 15. It was was the thing to do, and I remember writing lyrics, but I remember being too embarrassed, Mm. you know, and probably rightly so, my stuff would would have been rubbish, but too embarrassed to kind of show it to someone or sing it in front of someone. Did you ever have that? You know, that kind of embarrassment thing, or is it you you had that confidence straight away to share that stuff? Mm,
3: Yeah, I had confidence, but I had mates around me who kind of liked what I was doing. Right, okay. And, of course, when I met Glenn, he really inspired me to show them to people and and inspired me to to write more, I guess. I think if I'm embarrassed, it's now. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, that that, that isn't true. I've grown with confidence. But back then, we we were sort of writing so many
2: songs. You've got... uh, There's a tour... And and the book and we talk about the book you know quite often on this show some fantastic place my life in and out of squeeze by Chris Difford. it's uh, I um, because when we interviewed you before it was to plug the book specifically Mm. and I to make sure I'd read it when you came in I was doing it half audio book with you and and half reading it you know terrifying it was a strange mix but it's a great book it's it's one I saw John Ronson was. um, John's, yeah, on Twitter, I mean, was saying some great things about it as well.
3: Yeah, and, and Dylan Jones. And I'm going to meet John Runson soon, so I'm Brilliant. really excited, excited. You'll get
2: on with him. He's, yeah. he's, we've, he's been on the show a few times. He's oh. one of
4: the good guys, isn't he? Well, oh, we,
2: right. When we went to New York, he said, oh, come round to my house and interview me if you want. And he's, oh, he's such a nice bloke. Yeah. Um, but I, but it was a while since I've read your book and I'm trying to get to the story about the the advert in the newsagent's mm. window. I can't remember which one of you put the
3: advert in. Uh, well, I put an ad in a sweet shop window in Blackheath for a guitarist to join a band and, um, I waited for three weeks, nothing happened. Yeah. Kept walking past the phone and, uh, nothing happened and then Glenn rang and, uh, he was, he was inspired by his then-girlfriend Maxine to make the phone call and, um... It was just uh, petrifying, really, that somebody had eventually ans- answered the ad. Yeah. So I went to meet them. I arranged to meet them outside a pub in Blackheath, and they were so angelic together. And they were like, you know, Joseph and Mary, and I, I, I just felt like the donkey, you know, at the, <laughs> at the uh, time. But it was fortuitous, you know, that 50p that it cost me to yeah. to put the advert in the window has got me to where I am today, which is an extraordinary journey of fate, well, And really. Was he the only person that called up? He was, yeah. Isn't that
2: incredible? Isn't well, that it incredible? Is.
3: It is. It's wonderful. And, you know, Elton John and Bernie Taupin had the same kind of experience, although they've got tons more money than we do, yeah, or yeah. at least than I do. Um, and, um... You know, it was just the two of them coming together. There was never another writer. It was yeah.
2: only Bernie and, and Elton. One of my favourite bands is XTC. Um, yes, I, I love them. Too. And I, I do not understand why they're not the biggest band in the world. Because it's, they don't want to be. Well, I think I think mm. Andy Partridge self-sabotages, definitely. He does. He doesn't want to do it, yeah. Um, but um it was, you know, it's him. He wrote his songs and Colin Moulding wrote his songs. But early on... Mm. Like the second album, the keyboard player said, "Actually, I, I want. I, I think I could be a songwriter." And they had to kind of mm. do that. Was was there a, was there ever that with Squeeze where some of the other members went, "Hang on a second, those guys are getting more money just by writing. I think I can write a song."
3: Well, I don't know whether it was about money, but Jules was always in the line to write songs. Mm. And um, when I used to hang out with him round at his house. Occasionally I'd write a song. The first song I wrote with him was a song called Annie Oakley, which was a kind of uh, rockabilly kind of song. It was great fun. Um, We demoed it as Squeeze, but it never made any of the records. But every time we recorded a record at that early stage, Mm. I always had a song with him. And that kind of kept everybody on an even keel, I, su- I, su- I suspect. But then, when he got the offer to go—well, not the offer, but when he went went to do his own thing with mm. the millionaires—it was—it made absolute sense. Mm. And of course, having Paul Carrick in the band, fantastic songwriter within himself and well, a terrific voice. Mm. I mean, you know, obviously he would wanted to write for Squeeze, but there was no room. Yeah. At that point, so he was only in the band for like a, a year and a
2: half. Let's the, the the tour. I've got the dates in front of me. If you go to chrisdifford.com, dot com, it's all it's all up there, and it's a fantastic website. Um, it, you've done an Irish tour already. I just got back from that. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know what the, what is even the date today. It's the thirteenth, right? So you start in Derby, mm. the Flowerpot on Thursday. <laughs> We're the in flowerpot. Pot. I know. the Flowerpot. The Flowerpot Men, and it goes Winchester, Helsham, Oxford, Cambridge. There's one in Shepherd's Bush. Goes all the way through. Gosh, it goes right through to June and July. Mm. Um, and we'll, I'll tweet the link again. I tweeted yeah. it earlier on. What is the show going to be? What's it? Uh, what can people expect? Um, well, it's it's mostly stand up. It's yeah.
3: mostly me telling stories from the book, not and some stories that weren't in the book too. So it's about my journey from that, f- from when I, it starts in 1969 when I'm at a bus stop in Blackheath mm. and uh, there's a girl getting on the bus every morning and I take fancy to her uh, and then I discover she's got extremely hairy legs and uh, anyway, and things don't go, uh, as, as you'll see in the show, things don't go particularly well and I think, okay, girls are not on my radar mm but music is, and so I start to think more about being in a band. But my careers teacher tells me that I have no hope of being in a rock and roll band, and my parents tell me I've got no hope. So that's kind of like the beginning. Yeah. And then it goes through the the top-of-the-pops phase and having the band and writing... With Glenn, and then all the other things that, that that go on, but 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 then I have to leap forward so many albums because it would take all night. Yeah. So when I get to sort of East Side Story, I. It it fiddles away.
2: So, so there are there are songs, but it's not a pop concert. No, it's um, not. A... And when you say stand up, it's not you doing. It's not. Hey, have you ever noticed how you wait ages for a bus and then three <laughs> come along at once? It's not that kind no,
3: of. Quite as dry as that. No. Okay, <laughs> but, um... but I'm supported uh, on stage by Boo Hewardine, mm. and he he plays. Uh, some of the we play together, I should say. Some of the songs that we've written together. So well, there's a record called Pants, which has just come out, right. which we've written together, and so we 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 get that
2: into the show too. Yeah, um, it, it's got to be said. Listen, this is what we're all here for. You've got a guitar behind you. Mm-hmm. You are mm-hmm. I don't know Lennon or McCartney, or maybe Ringo. <laughs> Ringo, undone. I think I'm
3: more Ringo than any <laughs> of those two.
2: Can, can you do us a song? Um, yeah, sure. Um, By the way, what a thrill this is, isn't it? What a <laughs> Are thrill. we haven't heard it yet. Yeah? Oh.
7: <laughs> when I was crowned a mummy's boy, my friends I didn't like I made a meal of trips to school upon my father's bike I used to sit between his legs perched on a piece of wood And if it ever rained on us I'd slip beneath his hood And at home the radio was on From Judy Andrews to Jerry Goss it was all fun and games. I was out of my head underneath my bed, playing with electric trains at home the stereo was on. My head was filled with rock. I played a wheel of cricket back guitar soloed round the clock my record stacked up in a pile collected from the charts on top of the pops from judy andrews to jerry garcia life was all fun. I was out of my head, and underneath my bed, playing with electric trains. Meaning with torchlight shining before me, in bed with my boss, stuck in readers' wives. Pubic ass proudly accounted every day. who took me slowly off into the Milky Way. I chased the girls and made them cry My hair grew down my back The passing of my teenage years Was spent down in the sack I played guitar and formed a band I puked up all night long As people came to sit and stare While I raced through my song. The sound of music passed me by, just like the grateful dead. From Judy Andrews to Jerry Garcia, life was all fun and games. I was out of my head, and underneath my bed, playing with a leg.
4: I mean, there should be more Speedway in it, but other than that... <laughs>
2: Brilliant. Yeah, well, I'll get it in next. You're, you're giving him songwriting <laughs> tips? Well, if, if you yeah. want to sign up for Catherine's Songwriting <laughs> Workshop... Um, oh, man, a lot fan. We don't need to do the interview. The whole story's in that song, isn't it? It's all pretty much in there. Yeah, I'm very proud of that
3: song. Very proud of that uh, l- lyric. And... Um... Yeah, it's uh, uh,
2: it, it just about fits my voice after all these years. <laughs> do you you talk in the book very openly about mm. um, drugs yeah. and about alcohol and mm. how it got in the way of things and it's kind mm. of issues that we've we talked about on this show quite a bit. Yeah. Um, um, how do you find writing songs now mm. as a clear-headed but you know, older mm. man than you were compared mm. to, you know, being a young punk full of whatever it was you were full of at the time?
3: Um, well, I think there's generous amounts of uh, um, spontaneity in both of those. Yeah. You know, I think uh, when I really didn't know what was going on, I suppose all I was doing was writing very dark things, particularly around the Diffident Tilbrook album. Yeah. Um, and around the play album in particular, lyrically, it gets very, very dark. But I'm extremely proud of it. Yeah. And what I'm also honoured by is the fact that the people around me held me at that time. Yeah. You know, being in a band is like a family, and it's very difficult to get people on your side sometimes. But, um, you know, I, have, well, I sobered up 25 years ago, and we did well some fantastic plays yeah. Uh, Which was a pink cloud moment, and ever since then I've been sort of trying to get to that pink cloud thing.
2: But as Squeeze, the last two albums, you've had some of the best reviews Mm. that you've ever had, and that Mm. uh, that that one of one of our favourite bands on this show is Sparks. We love Sparks. Ron and Russell Mail. Yeah, yeah, and um you know they they're late 60s now and they sh- every album they they release is better than the last they shouldn't be doing their best work now but they are yeah. and it's the same with you guys you seem mm. to you know you, you seem to have had this awakening reawakening and you you're turning out some of the best stuff you've ever turned out
3: well i think uh, when we did cradle to the grave when you know the Danny baker script came yeah. came along it gave us a focusing point for our songwriting, which we'd lacked for about 10, 15 years. So it really gave us the opportunity to sit down and look at our songs and actually open up to each other's ideas more. Yeah. Um, because we'd had this, this period where Glenn had gone off and done solo records and so had I. So he'd, ru- he'd learned to write lyrics and I'd learned to stand on my own feet to a degree. So, so we came back together and we did that record. And then the last album, The uh, Knowledge which is a, which was uh, an amazing record within itself yeah. Um, again, the writing came very, very, much, much closer together than it ever had. In fact, Glenn wrote most of the words to right. a lot of the songs.
2: Uh, Cradles to the Grave—that was such a great TV series, mm. you know. And that, but Danny Baker—if you've not read them, dear listener—Danny Baker's books are filthy and hilarious very and good. heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And what yeah. of course, you went to school with him, didn't you?
3: Well, he was in a few years younger than me, But, right. but yeah, we went to the same school. So in his book, he describes my school exceptionally well. <laughs> so I, when I wrote my book. I had to leave that bit out because... I He'd just, already, done already done it. He'd already done it. It's funny, we had the same publisher too and I was saying to Alan,
2: my publisher, could I not just nick his bit and put it in my book? Because it would have been fun. You know? How did you... Were you friends in school or was it like years and years later that your, your paths kind of crossed?
3: Um, I, I think it was years later, I think the NME days. Right, When he of was course, working there, course. it was around that time. Yeah um but yeah he, he's uh, he's a, he's a character yeah yeah it's a wonderful character
2: he's i, I mean I, I don't know if you saw any of his Stand-up shows that he did.
3: I did. I went to see him in Eastbourne, which isn't close to where I live, and uh, it was a long old show. It was... He's
2: trying to be the new Ken Dodd. I think. <laughs> yeah. He Bruce knew Ken was on his. Yeah, you know, Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> one of the two, Bruce yeah. Dodd or Ken Springsteen, is yeah. what he's trying to achieve. But it's a terrific show. Yeah, it's
3: great. I mean, the storytelling is superb. I could never tell a story in that way.
2: You know. Well, no, you. But but the, the way you tell your stories is in mm. two and a half, three and a half minute. Songs. Pop songs, and I yeah. use the word pop. And some people take pop to be a derogatory term. I don't at all. I'm a I'm a big fan of pop music. You know, the Kinks mm. are pop. I think the Who mm. are at their best. Were yeah, pop. You know, absolutely. Um, and you you can tell you can do that thing. That very few people can do. Very few songwriters can write that three and a half minute story mm. where you get the whole. You know everyone's mm. background. You know what's going. You know their hopes and fears in three and a half minutes. That's a tough yeah. thing to do.
3: It is, and I've been doing a, a lot of writing uh, recently and, and trying to get back into that sort yeah. of vignette, storytelling stuff. Um, you know, I've been to see a lot of musicals recently, and I'm very inspired by the things that I've seen, like Jamie is a wonderful musical right. and Girl from the North Country.
2: That's the Bob Dylan thing. Was that good? It's
3: really great, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and I think there's room for me as a lyricist to be involved in that. And, um uh, I had a meeting today with somebody, and they were saying, "Well, actually, lyric- lyrically, you already tell such a strong narrative in what you uh, do." So, but a, but a lot of musicals don't need that; they need yeah. simplicity because that's the the audience really yeah. that requires that.
2: There was, I remember your right. There was a, a squeeze musical,
3: wasn't? there? Yeah, we had one at the Albany in Deptford uh, that ran for three months. Yeah, and um, Tim Rice came to see it; he liked it. So there's there's mm, some, something. yeah that's that's uh, high and it praise. was it was really good it was um, you know the script was a bit loose and um, you know it wasn't everything that it could have been but yeah. it was back then it was 1984 something like like that but it was so much fun hearing our songs being performed on stage you know and and not being there as as it were being one step removed from it yeah. And uh, I think that's that's a really great thing to have.
2: The Bob Dylan musical, I, here's the thing, I love 60s music. In my fat. I'm wearing a monkeys t-shirt, you know, mm. the, the, my, mm. the Beach Boys, the monkeys, the mm. Beatles.
3: Mm.
2: Only in the last two months have I got into Bob Dylan. And mm. I've worked really hard. I keep going back to him and I keep going back to him. And the songs that got me in there were Blind Willie McTell mm. and... Um, the uh, d- 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 sign on the window, I think it's called. I can't remember. Mm. Um, and now I'm, I've, the, the door has opened and Bob Dylan's back catalogue stands in front of me and, boy, what a joyous thing to mm. be able to dive into. And, and uh, in. But the musical, apparently, and I've not seen it, was apparently stunning, the, the, mm. the Bob Dylan musical.
3: Well, the reason it's great is because the script is brilliant. Right. Um... um... James O'Connor, who wrote the script, has done a brilliant job, and it's not about shoehorning songs yeah. into the story. The songs are kind of almost domestic, bypassing for for the actual storyline itself. Um, whereas some musicals, you know, like *Abba* and *Of the Obvious*, oh, the jukebox, jukebox musical musicals, is the are, 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 all the songs are really sort of uh, there for that reason. Yeah. And then *Jamie* the musical has got very strong songs in it too and they uh they just fill you with joy and the yeah. story is brilliant yeah. too so Are you proud of your back catalog you must be mustn't you yeah i am i'm extremely proud of everything that we've done i mean what's not to like we've the 14 albums or whatever it is and you know we've uh you know we've been We've had 14 rounds, and uh, it's been it's been quite a match, yeah. Quite a boxing match, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's been lots of ups and lots of downs, but overall, if I was to be uh, leaving this world for another one tomorrow, I would say, well, that was a good job. <laughs> what a
2: great position to be in! Yeah. Can we have another song before we go to the ads?
3: Sure. Would, would you mind? <laughs> um, well, I'm going to try this one. I don't really, I haven't done it very often, <laughs> but because it's. Um... It sort of pertains to the drinking thing. Yeah,
2: oh, so, lovely, fantastic, one um... um, Slightly
7: drunk once again All alone with my pen I thought I'd write to you How can I say how I feel Falling down on a deal This last night with you Is it the cold that makes me shake I just hope that I'm awake I say, all right, I knew There's a line I cannot find To explain just why I lied Slightly drunk, what's got into me Can't fall in love without misery I'm pretty sad but so what I should be glad but I'm not I'm confused once more All tangled up in your love Without it now so that's tough My heart cries for you A little talk will angle me Out on the road especially Back to you There's a line I cannot find To explain just why I lied Slightly drunk what's got into me Can't fall in love without misery
2: Love without misery. What a line. Dear listener, we've got Chris Difford here. Can we stick you to grab another 10, 15 minutes? Is sure, that, of that, course. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. This is the late night alternative on Talk Radio.
1: The wild man of late night radio. The late night alternative
2: with Ian Lee on Talk Radio.
1: We have ways of making
2: you talk. Um, we've got Chris Difford. Um, in the studio with us for another ten, fifteen minutes or so. Uh, th- th- there are two things that I really think, particularly if you've, you know, if you're, you're feeling relaxed and it's half past ten. I like to buy one of my my um, mm. downfalls. Oh, we, we talked about this last time. Mm. The hoarding, mm. the um, the buying stuff and keeping it in the boots of our cars. Mm. Are you still doing that? No. Okay. No. I had a clear out today. Did you? I had a clear out today of just crap I bought off of eBay and Amazon and, um, mm. it was... It,
3: it... No, I remember vividly, used to, I used to live down in the country years ago and, uh... I remember going out in the middle of the night with the torch and looking in the boot of my car and there was like six bags of stuff that yeah. I'd bought. And then when I emptied it out on my desk, I realised I just didn't really need any of yeah. it. And my wife Louise and myself have just been into storage recently and our aim is to empty storage out before we move into our new house. Wow. And whenever I pick up a box, I just, it just reminds me of the
2: boot of my car. <laughs> but I don't have to do that anymore. That's, that's good. And, I'm, and mm. Catherine is well aware that I get a lot of packages sent here. And the packages have slowed down a mm. little bit. Mm. Because I go home and I go, I go Well, someone talked about um, mm. uh, Robert De Niro. And I, there's a Robert De Niro film, Midnight Run, that I'd really mm. like to see. Oh, it's on Amazon for a penny. Mm. You know, mm. and I just... Mm. Stuff comes. But, dear listener... You, you should go out and buy stuff. The two things you need to buy are books, a book and a ticket. Uh, some fantastic place, My Life In and Out of Squeeze, mm. um, Amazon Usual Book Places. I'll tweet the link again. Or if you, go, if you go to
3: my website, oh. I'll send you a signed
2: copy. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, there you go, cri- com And the tour... The tour is happening, um, at some fantastic acoustic book tour. Sometimes I do gigs on my own, sometimes I do them with a band called Squeeze, and it starts on Thursday at the Flowerpot in Derby, um, Winchester, Hailsham, Cambridge... Oh, uh, Junction 2, Cambridge, that's a great place. Morecambe, Halifax, loads of places. It goes right through to July, and there's loads of different places, and it's all over the place. He will be near you at some point, mm. uh, I-, I promise you. Mm. Um, do you enjoy going out on your own... I know you've got Boo with you, and yeah. but it, but but people are coming to see Chris Difford. You know, yeah. It's a Chris Difford evening. Uh, Do you enjoy it?
3: Well, it's very different from Squeeze, yeah. that's for sure. Um, you know, we've just done, last year, I think we did 40-plus shows wow. in the UK and in America. And being in a band is, uh, you know, you've got two trucks, you've got two buses, you've got lots of people around you. It's an environment yeah. that you have to kind of... Um, Commit yourself to, and it's like being in the theatre in some ways. You're you're playing a role uh, in some ways. I'm playing the role of Christopher, the guy who's in Squeeze. Yeah. And because of my shyness, sometimes of being on stage, that's how what gets me through. Um. So, but when I go out on my own, there's nowhere to fall. Yeah. There's nowhere to lean on. Nobody to lean on, in particular. And the Irish tour that I just did, I did largely on on my own. Mm. And. it was It was a great thrill to get through it really
0: <laughs> it was, was yeah. kind of
3: like wading myself through deep water but i I was pleased I mean I got a lot of people laughing and you know from the stories and you know it, yeah it worked there's
2: there are certain acts where um i uh the affection for them, mm. you know, even if people might not say they were a squeeze fan, mm. they're, they're, you know, there is an affection for you guys, both, mm. you know, together in the group and individually. Correct. yeah. Um, and um, I, I don't want to say you've become part of the nation's furniture because that actually doesn't mean anything. But no. people, but people love you, you know. People mm. love you and oh, yeah. and what you stand for and what those songs mean to them.
3: Isn't that a wonderful thing? It's like when we played the Albert Hall or Glastonbury and people are adoring the band. I'm I'm so excited about that that relationship mm. that I have, or we have, with the audience. You know, they buy a ticket and that's the contract and in that contract they want to hear Call for the they want to hear the yeah. hits. But luckily enough they want to hear the new songs too yeah. and we've got some great new songs. So... As a family unit, which is what Squeeze kind of is in a dysfunctional way or whatever it is... Well,
2: families are dysfunctional, you know. Yeah,
3: yeah. But we managed to deliver a great show, and I think that's testament to uh, everybody in the uh, band, individually and collectively. Do
2: you speak to Jules much? Do you see him much? Yeah, I do see
3: Jules. Um, I I did 40 shows with him last year. I get up and guest and sing four songs. Oh, really? Yeah, and this year I'm only doing a few, but... I've already written a couple of songs with him for his next album.
2: When he left the band... Was 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 what was that like? Because he obviously went off and, and 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 you know had a huge TV career, sure. then a huge solo career. Was that? Mm. Did, 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 quite often, when a key member leaves a band quite early on, mm. um, that can scupper the whole thing. Was, was there yeah. any point where you looked at each other and went, "I don't know if we can make this work without him"? Or oh, is no. it like I we're just going to? I didn't think
3: that. I was devastated that he left because we were quite close. Yeah. and we had been friends in the interim time, you know, we were riding around on motorbikes together and getting arrested and doing all those silly things together. So it was like a brother turning around saying he was just leaving home, yeah. you know. And I remember vividly being in a cafe in Blackheath and Jewel said, I've got this, you know, this bit of news, I'm going to be leaving the band as of today. And, you know, I just felt my heart sank. But, you know... We we picked up Sticks, we wrote some more songs, and then Paul Carrick joined the mm. band, and so it was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, it wasn't too so late like with Paul Carrick in the band. But then Paul left, and then, you know, it, the st- it just went on and on and on, it, so many different people coming yeah. in and out of the group, you didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I still keep in contact with you. I absolutely love him and admire what, what he does. Yeah. And he's so respectful of the things that I give him, Brilliant. lyrically, yeah. so I'm pleased oh,
2: fantastic. Mm. Can we have one more song, please yeah
3: um, this is the one that got us on top of the pups. Oh, yeah.
7: Come across the desert to greet you with a smile. My camel looks so tired, it's hardly worth my while. To tell you my travels across the golden east. I see your preparations, invite me first to feast. Take me, I'm yours. Because dreams are made of this. Forever there'll be a heaven in your kiss. And valley dances distract me from a wine across the baton mountains, memories of mine. I slid some ghosty moments with natives in the hills, recorded here on paper. My chills and thrills and spills take me, I'm yours because dreams I'm into this. Forever there be a heaven in your kiss. Really been some welcome, you never seem to change. A great attempt to you your romantic, just as strange. My ego flies tomorrow. It's a game I treasure dear to seek the helpless future. My love at last, I'm here. Take me, I'm yours. Because dreams are me Take me, I'm yours. Because dreams are. (coughs)
2: A <coughs> lie, Chris Difford. I mean, lie me. That really is a, a trick. I saw. I think I've told you this before. I saw you at the um, uh, uh, Alexandra Palace in uh, God knows when, eighteen, supporting the uh, supporting Kinks. Supporting the Kinks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird lineup. Irish band, the Four of Us, Voice of the Beehive. Wow. Squeeze. Well, remember and uh, and the Kinks. I I remember it because it, I was. I think I was about sixteen, mm. and I didn't live in London. I lived in Slough. I think it was like the first gig I'd kind of gone to on my own. Oh, really? And I was. Stood at the front. For, I got there early, and I just stood at the front. I thought, "There's no way I'm giving up. I'm giving up this." So I stood at the front for about, I guess, about six, seven, eight hours, right, mm. on my own, with a crappy little um, recording, Walkman, make it, trying to make a bootleg yeah, yeah, yeah. recording of the whole thing. But and I, but I, um, I'd gone there to see the Kinks. Yeah, yeah. But you guys were phenomenal, well, phenomenal. I, I rem- if I remember rightly,
3: I think in the middle of black coffee in bed, we went into. You've really got. Really got yeah, got me. Yeah, and uh, afterwards, when we went backstage, uh, we could hear a pin drop. It didn't go down very well. Wow, <laughs>
2: you were expecting high fives from the Davies <laughs> brothers, and that <laughs> no,
3: really. I don't think it was it was taken with amusement. But I've met <laughs> I've met, miserable gits. No, I've met met Ray a couple of times since, and uh, he's been very uh, very nice
2: about things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like Ray Davis. I interviewed him once, and it was the Did tricky you? it was the trickiest interview I've ever had. But do you know Ray. what? He he wrote Waterloo Sunset. Who he cares. can be as tricky with me as yeah. he wants.
3: Yeah, I think you're right.
2: I, 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 I do you know? Sometimes I kind of want that from from rock legends, not from these new kids on the block. Not literally the new kids on the block. No. But, you know these these. these but, but someone who's written a song, someone who wrote Victoria. You could, oh, you God. look at me any way you want, sir. Lola. Oh, I mean, come I mean, on, yeah. come yeah. on. God's children. There's a Kink song that no one knows from the Percy soundtrack. Ooh. D-
3: Look that one God's up.
2: Children is the greatest kink song that no one has ever heard. I'm gonna
3: look that yeah, up. Yeah, do
2: honestly, it's mm. a real, it's a real gem. Very quick, I'm gonna I, I talk to you tonight. I will let you go. Mm. I promise. Um, you mentioned that was the song that got you on top of the pops. Mm. That it, it's it's easy. I mean, people people don't know how big Top of the Pops was in the 70s and mm. the 80s. It was it. There was no. Um, there was no MTV, there was nowhere, there was nowhere to see pop music. What, do you remember, maybe you don't, what the first Top of the Pops was like and what the reaction was mm. from your families and friends? Well, I do remember extremely well because having you know,
3: my parents not accepting the fact that I wanted to be in a rock and roll band... Having done Tub of the Pups, I was suddenly invited round for Sunday lunch, and I got more roast potatoes than my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I'd made it, and the, the gold disc that we got for uh, "Take Me on Yours" I put above the telly so they could see it every 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 night, and they invited the neighbours around on the estate. So, yeah, That's I mean it was funny. a bit. And, and what I remember about it, I suppose, is 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 a, is it being like a bit of a school back down in the dressing rooms yeah. and things. And wanting to hang out with all the other celebrities that were there and try and sort of just be part of the crew. But not anybody really wanting it, apart from Thin Lizzy, who were really gracious to us and took us to a video (laughs) shoot. But people like Gary Newman, who had Tubeway Amelie at the time, he wasn't very sort of, um, uh, you know, he he wasn't embracing, let's say. Right. Uh, And oddly enough, I did... uh, um, fiftieth anniversary of Oral Grey whistle test a couple oh, of weeks of back. Yeah, yeah. And they filmed it in the same building which is now owned by ITV. Right. And when I got there it was like going back to school. Oh. The steps down to the dressing rooms, exactly the same granite that I remembered in my head. And so I'm walking down the stairs to the dressing rooms just to get some sort of like oh my God, I've been here before and so many times we we're on top of the Pops. I get to the bottom of the stairs and there's Gary Newman.
2: <laughs> did, did he blank you again? He did. <laughs> <laughs> you miserable, miserable new wave git, Newman. We—I have to say—we saw Gary Newman in this building, and we shared a lift with him. He didn't blank us, did he, Catherine? No, I he no he's, great. He's, he's great. Maybe it's
3: you, Chris. No, I think it's me, and I apologise to Gary because I—I I think it's brilliant. You know, he's, he he goes out there and he does what he wants, yeah. and he makes it work—crowdfunding or whatever he yeah. does. And, yes, he's got a career in it. And, you know, after all these years, I think
2: we're all glad to have a career. Well, this is the thing, you know, in, in pop music, where, where it's, it's supposed to last 20 minutes, to, yes, to be doing it several decades later. Yeah. Again, this Beatles documentary I'm listening to, a 25-hour fan thing, mm. and there's that wonderful thing from, a, I guess it's about 63, 60, late 63, early 64, and it's saying, mm. the interviewer says, so how long do you think this will go on for? And mm. George goes, well, you know, hope it'll go on for another couple of years. And yeah. We'd like to be as big as The Shadows. Yeah. Oh they God. weren't joking. Do you no. remember we
4: spoke to Patty Boyd and she said, you know, yeah. people talk to us George's now like wife. we were in some sort of charmed time yeah. and we knew it. She so said, we didn't. We thought it was all going to be over. The mm. greatest
2: bit is Ringo. It's a famous clip. Ringo, um, what do you want to do when this all ends? He says, well, I've always fancied having a hairdresser. Yeah, a hairdresser. Yeah, <laughs> like Imagine getting your hair done by
3: Ringo. Yeah, well, I never thought I'd be 63 and still knocking about playing gu- guitar and writing songs. It's I mean, incredible. It is, it is incredible, really. Yeah. I, what else would I do anyway? I mean... You know I often sit in the chair at home and think I wish there was something else that I could do, but <laughs> there isn't I just get in the car I drive for hours and do what I do and, mm. and bring on a shilling you know and that's, that's, that's exactly what we have to do I'm
2: so pleased you do and it's such, such a thrill to see. we're going to be in touch me. we're going to try probably yeah. either come to the Shepherd's Bush or may, maybe the Seven Oaks because that's, yeah. that's on a Saturday and we've got school nights of course yes um ChrisDifford.com. i'm going to tweet if you when we get to the news at eleven i'll tweet all of the links the, the, thank the, the, you the tour is uh, the tour is all over the place. I mean, he's doing a, t- t- too many. I would say he should, you know, t- knock, knock a few of them on the head. <laughs> Hardest working man in show business. The book, it's been out. God, the book came out in August last year, did
7: the it? The
3: paperback is coming out um, in August. Oh, OK. Uh, no, ju- mm, I don't know. It's summer. In the, in, the, in, the, in the summer. There's going to be an extra chapter in the book. Oh. Yeah, which I'm really looking forward to. And um, then I'm going to go to America and to uh, the paperback there. Yeah. And then after that, I'm not sure what's going
2: to happen with life. Well, uh, don't, don't, don't make plans, because, no. you know, God has a laugh. Uh, some <laughs> fantastic know. place, My Life In and Out of Squeeze, if you want to get the hardback, the audiobook, or if you want to wait for the paperback, it's coming out. So, such a pleasure to Thank see you, you, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, this
1: you. is Talk Radio. tales of mystery and imagination on the radio show that does things differently.
6: Dolly Parton, I listen
1: to a record as they long. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I'm a nutjob, but not that kind of nutjob. On Talk Radio. Honest to God, it's the new breaking bed.
2: Oh no. Um I mean, what do we do now? I do don't... you want me to sing you a couple of songs? No, God no. <laughs> Jeez. What a ridiculous terrible, terrible suggestion. My, uh, oh, you soured my palate. Um uh, let's just let's just just let that in the silence, the silence of the shit, let's just let that sink in what just happened there. Yeah, yeah, and now I'm I'm gone back to me. I think I was 16 when I saw him, uh, Alexander, and I'm 16 year old me. If you said if someone had tapped me on the shoulder said, "Oi, mate! In about 30 years, he's going to be a guest on your re- get staff, buddy. Go and bugger off."
4: Wow. you were dying for a week, weren't you? I was,
2: I was, I was absolutely busting for a week. Nightmare of a day. Um, that was fun, man. Thank you, thank you, Chris. Absolutely, we've had some. I- I'll be honest. Um, We've had some pretty amazing things happen on this show. You know, musically, Stephen Page and Chris. Uh, we've got Gail Porter coming in tomorrow. Yeah, I'm really looking which forward will be to nice. seeing yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. Is she going to be doing a song for us? I'm sure she would. Uh, I'm <laughs> sure she would. She's, um, she's great. Gail Porter's going to be in at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Don't forget, you can watch the show. Um, you can watch it on periscope.tv slash Ian Lee. Or you can YouTube it, youtube.com slash rabbit hole. And if you sign up to my YouTube channel and you click this little bell icon. If you click that, you'll get a notification every time we go live and you won't miss things that, and, and you'll be able to watch the video of Chris um, uh, uh, d- d- you can go and watch it now, I think you'll be able to watch it now using the technology that's available um, We move forwards, 0344 is the telephone number, Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number um, We have erected a wall a wall of shame a hall of shame um, in uh, which Sam is the boss of. Like you see in those petrol stations, badly photocopied pictures of men's faces you can't make out and um, number plates, I refuse to call them licence plates, I'm not an American, they're registration numbers. Um, and it says in, in bad biro, do not serve thief. Thief spelled T-H-E-I-F. Um... Uh, we've done the same with some callers for this show. Not in any way knocking these callers, but um, Sam is going to run through... Sam, if you could come on the microphone, please. Uh, Thank you. He's going to read through the list of names and faces of the people that are banned just for this week. Just for this week. I'm off next week, so you can do what you want. Just for this week. Sam, if you could just go through that list, please. So far, we have Yayan, Andre, Kadik, and Jonathan in Swansea. I thought there was a fifth one. Wasn't there a fifth one? Nope, OK, we'll, we'll sit with... Well, if there was, that fifth one gets to sneak through. They've got a free pass.
4: I'm sure they'll remind us I'm at some
2: sure. point. Um, lots to talk about tonight, including... And this is the main thing, right? Um, the, I, by the way, I'm really enjoying Mike Graham arguing with someone who wants, um, who wants to... Inv- someone is angry that Mike Graham has not invited an obnoxious, racist, violent, Islamopho- Islamophobic thug who's served prison time for, for assault um, onto his show as a guest. And then they've tried to rope me into... Inv- I don't want to... Have, I, I used to broadcast from the same town as that guy. I've stood in the same room as that guy. He ain't coming on my radio show. I don't give time to hate preachers. Um, and um, I'm just enjoying um, Mike's wonderful, uh, w- wonderful tweets about. He doesn't mince his words. He something. doesn't mince his words at all. Um, here's the thing I want to talk about, and um, it's it's very important. What's the point of spies? Now we were discussing this because if I got this right, another Russian has been found dead, and I, I I don't really read newspaper stories, guys. I read the headlines, and sometimes I look at the captions under the photographs. And apparently this guy is a small village again, or a small town, and a, a masked woman was seen acting suspiciously... Oh, really? I didn't know that bit. Y- yeah, it's in some of the papers. A masked woman was seen acting suspiciously hours beforehand. Now, here's the thing, right? Oh, oh no, that's
4: Salisbury. This is different. Oh, is that this this that... guy was in London. Oh,
2: so Salisbury, that's the first guy. Odd,
4: odd woman wearing black surgical mask spotted in Salisbury at time of Russian spy poisoning. A black surgical oh. mask and no-one's...
2: <laughs> OK. That is odd. I th- also think that's nonsense. So the other guy's in London, is he?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: When what do we know about him? He was a
4: Russian exile. Let me look it up. Um, I heard it as I came in.
2: This is... Um... Here we go. These are very spooky times that we're living in.
4: This is uh, Nikolai Glushkov.
0: Sorry?
4: Um that's his name. Russian oh. exile found dead at his London home. Counterterrorism Gosh. unit investigates death of v- Berezovsky friend who claimed political asylum in UK after
2: fraud conviction. Here's what. Okay, here's we've we, we got a lot to talk about. We've only got seventy seconds before we go to the news. So this is going to be a really in-depth show tonight. Here's here's but uh, basically people are saying, well, what should we do about Russia? What should we do about Putin? I know exactly what we should do. We should go and bomb him. We should go and bomb Moscow, and we we don't we don't tell anyone about it. We just if 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 Margaret if Maggie was in charge, there would be a raid over Moscow. Great Spectrum game, guys, for the retro heads. We would we would go and we would we would carpet bomb Moscow and the Kremlin and that building with the funny. Um, pointy, like a turban on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw a, a rich old white woman wearing a turban today. You don't see that very often these she days, do She must have you. been an actress. Oh, I love it. I want more, I don't know if she was rich, I want more old white women in turbans. Oh, you've, now I've gone off on a turban thing, because the tops of those buildings in Russia remind me of turbans and it remind me of walking over the bridge and the, the woman with the, We haven't got time. So, when we come back, White old women in turbans, Turbans. Um, my solution for um, Russia, and what's the point of spies? This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Get an earful of
1: unusual nocturnal emissions with radio's lord of misrule, Ian Lee. No relation, thank God. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation. The Late Night Alternative
2: with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. 0344. 499-1000. Four nine I'm Ian Lee. She's Catherine Boyle. Hi. This is the late night alternative. Weeknights between 10 o'clock uh, and, and 1 o'clock in the morning uh, on uh, Talk Radio. You can listen to Talk Radio on DAB. You can download the app or you can go to talkradio.co.uk and um, all kinds of fun things can be found there. So, busy show this evening. You've just tuned in. You miss Chris Difford, you, you suckers. But there'll be a podcast tomorrow and you can watch it again on, on uh, my YouTube channel. Now, um, with the increase... In um, Russian, double or possibly even triple or maybe even quintuple agents. These are angels. To some they are, to many they're the devil. Whatever. Uh, With the increase in Russian spies being murdered on British soil up by 200% um, recently, um, it's time for us to strike back against Russia. And this is what we need to do. We need to send the RAF at midnight to fly to Russia to bomb the shit out of Moscow. And then when Putin starts getting angry, we nuke his fat ass.
4: OK, one. Let me have a coffee. How what? very old-fashioned of you. Yep. Two. Yep. He's got bigger ones than we have.
2: Okay, fine. All right, he's... Three, Yes. what we need to do: yeah. is,
4: like send him an exploding cigar or something. Let's go. Uh...
2: What was it they tried to do? How are they going to kill Churchill? An was exploding put... cigar. There was exploding. No, that was Fidel Castro, wasn't it? One of the either, either Churchill, Hitler, or Fidel Castro was going to be killed by exploding cigars. Churchill. Um, but one of those three was going to be killed by putting poison in their sh- in their socks, wasn't they? One, one of them was going to be poisoned. I would say the British were going to poison Hitler by putting poison in his socks. It was Fidel. The poison in the socks. Uh,
4: no, uh, the uh, exploding. Okay. Um...
2: dokie. Well, there you go. There so you go. Guys... Um, uh, no, okay. Poison right. socks. Yeah, poison in the sh- in the shoes or the socks. I think it, it was. can
4: be done, you know. They tried to kill Elizabeth I with a poison dress.
2: Well, you're supposed to put Vicks on your feet, as you've told me before, yeah. and then put your socks on. Yeah. Elizabeth I with a poison dress. Yes. Well,
4: and someone else put it on and they died.
2: But, but, but so what was it made of? Anthrax.
4: No, but they, they sort of put something. They, they and... rubbed something on the inside of the frock or soaked it in something.
2: Like semen. Poisoned semen. By the way, that's the title of my autobiography that's uh, going to be coming out on Amazon very, very soon. Um, and I found out it was poisoned the hard way. That's the in, in parenthesis. Why do we say in parenthesis instead of in brackets? What's a parenthesis? Br- brackets. Bracket. Well, why do we say that? And who invented the curly brackets? And what are they for? Fancy. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. The questions just keep on coming.
4: The Case of the Toxic Socks.
2: Oh, oh really? Great band. I've got their second album, On Vinyl.
4: Oh no! This is just
2: okay. No, this um, is just okay. someone writing right. like
4: fan fiction about poison socks. All right. Socks.
2: All right. If you don't want to, if you if you're not up with my nuking um, the Ruskies, then okay. Then there's, I've got two other options, right? and um, they're not as well thought thought out as the first plan. So you'll have to bear with me. The second plan is um, we get. Um, Cyber terrorists, you know, you know, Four Chan and the people that hacked um, Yahoo and released all everyone's email. We get those guys. We employ those kids because I think Easter holidays coming up soon, so they'll have they'll have a couple of weeks on their hands. Uh, We get permission from their parents, obviously, obs, and we get them to hack um, uh, because Russia is is quite dated. We they they've still got like MySpace is huge over there. So we get Tom from MySpace to infiltrate Russia and Tomsky. Tomsky. Um basically we bring down their crappy Russian fake bootleg computers. That's plan two.
4: Okay. Plan C.
2: Um i forgot Oh no, I remembered it, right. <clears throat> so we call Russia's bluff, right? We must have... I think there. I read somewhere, or heard somewhere, or, or made up somewhere, that there are 20 Russian double agents that live in Britain now as British citizens. Two of them are dead, right? Right? Yeah? OK. That means there are 18 left, right?
4: Should we know how many there are?
2: It was on um, the Seems radio.
4: Seems to be a bit of a textbook error. OK,
2: so there are 18 left, right? We kill them on live TV. Uh. We get them, we round them up, we get them on the one show, and Alex Jones... Surely that's enough. Alex Jones and the lad... Matt. um, Yeah, sure. Um, Execute them live on TV while a Putin look-alike sits there naked on a horse crying. We humiliate him. We emasculate him. He gets a a stiffy from killing Russian double-triple agents on our turf. Well, hang on a second. If we can associate the murder of Russian double-triple agents with Putin crying, and we show a picture as well, we flash up subliminally um, a picture of a really tiny shriveled penis, like, you know, like a peanut penis, you know, a a, 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 a mushroom, tiny mushroom penis that will affect his psychosexual brain chemistry and make him impotent. Personally, I would still nuke the bastards, but if you pacifists, you snowflakes, you left-wing libtards want to go easy on him, then we'll just get Alex Jones to kill people on The One Show. Do you
4: mean Alex Jones off The One Show or that wally that pumps um, iron on the um, radio?
2: No, I mean Alex Jones, the the woman who presents the One Show. Oh, not
4: that angry fella, the
2: red one. Why would I? Why would it be the, Why would it be him? The well, woman, he talks a good game, doesn't he? Yeah, you know, but she already presents the One Show. She's already got. If we if if right, if we got Alex Jones, the American, to do it, he'd have to spend ages, as I did today at the BBC, in front of that their webcam, and you've got to get picture taken. You've got to have photo ID to get in the BBC now because they're they're snowflakes. Um, and uh, so now she's already in. There. This makes it easier, and she um, she's trained um, with firearms. So that's my plan: oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. But also, and here is here is something else. And I can't quite remember the argument I put forward for this earlier on, but it was good. So I am just going to dive in there, and I am going to swim around until I find it. Um, what's the point of spies anymore? What, what do we need spies for, right? So we we send us we we have we get a spy. And they they spend five years learning Russian, right? Then we send them to live in Russia and they spend 20 years undercover working as a poor peasant man in Russia. And then they're working their way up, uh, oh. turning Jewish there. That's not, I not, just... not my intention at all. I'm not in any way implying a Jewish conspiracy, although... Um, so they spend their, like twenty, twenty years, twenty-five years, including the five years learning the language. Okay, and they work their way up. They work their way up, and then, then when it gets the, the heat gets too hot for them, we pull them off. Okay, we just grab the spy and we pull them off. Okay, so the spy um, comes and lives back here in England, and we debrief them. Okay, and it takes a while. So you've got to acclimatize, and you go, okay, welcome back, Agent Six Two Three Nine One. Um, You spent five years learning the Russian language. You spent 20 years undercover. Heat was getting a little bit too hot, so we had to pull you off. Um, So what did you learn? And the guy goes, right, I'll tell you exactly what I've learned. Russia has got... I don't want to scare anybody here. I don't want anyone to panic, Okay, I'm going to say something, and it's going to sound scary, but we can... don't panic, Russia's got nuclear weapons, right. And everyone goes, "Yeah, we, 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 we knew that." Nothing else you picked. That's it. What? What is a spy in Russia going to tell us? It's a little bit dodgy over there. They still think Big Country are a great, uh, great band. They love blue jeans, and they've got nuclear weapons.
4: Isn't it something to do with like microfilms and that?
2: No. No one has microfilms anymore. It's memory sticks, and you swallow them. Um, and, and likewise, a Russian spy in England, right? Comrade, what did you find out in your 25 years in Russia, in England? And they're speaking in English because the guy's been in England so long he's forgotten the Russian language. Yes. It's a very complicated language. They their, their, their capital N is a backwards, is backwards to us. The capital N is backwards to us? What's that? Mm? Comrade, you're 25 years. What did you find out over there? Well, well, he wouldn't have it. He would have an English accent. Well. Well, um, well, I don't want to alarm anybody, but, um, Danny Dyer isn't making movies anymore. He's in EastEnders. We know this already, comrade! And then they they, sh- they shoot him. They shoot his wife first oh, and then his kids. They're, they're barbarians over there. That's not propaganda. That's not me actually spreading propaganda. That's actually a fact. Okay, They're barbarians and they, they eat children for breakfast. Okay? That's fine. So what is the point? What is the point of spies? There's no point in spies anymore. Like mm. in the old days, like with Sir Francis Drake and Sir Walter Raleigh and Shakespeare. Yeah, of course. You, 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 you do spying and stuff. Yeah. But what is... Okay, and here's something I've just thought. The first person that went to a foreign country... right? So they went over there speaking English, right? And all the foreigners are speaking... Jesus, I don't know what they're speaking, like, like, French. That must have blown that dude's mind. He must have thought, I mean, I'm in, like, Gulliver's Travels. Instead of Lilliput or the other land... I mean, a land where they're just going... Oh, 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 no, blah, interesting blah, blah, blah.
4: you should pick oh, French, blah, 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 blah. because all posh people spoke French in okay. this country. OK, all right,
2: well, you, now you're just... What you're doing there is you're... you're hitting you're, you with facts. What you, you're trying to do is you're trying to prove that you're cleverer than me by just displaying you have more knowledge than me yeah. about something. Well, it doesn't prove anything. I mean, it does literally prove you are cleverer than me, yes. No, admittedly. Just, I, I
4: just have been told that. OK,
2: so they go to... Um, all right, so they go to Spain, right? They, they, they rock up in Spain, right? Mm-hmm. And they've, they've, they've come from England... Ah, oh, there's... A land hoy, Land ho! There's, a, there's, a, there's land ahead of us. We look forward to making making settlement on land. And, and maybe there will be natives and we will make their friendship. And we will... um uh, So they land. Ah, good sir! Good morrow! And the, the Spanish goes, Oh, uh, Espan- espanolo, espanol, ballet es- espanol. What? What? We are in, like, Lilliput, but not where people are tiny and not the other place in Gulliver's Travels, which is actually takes up more of the book where everyone is huge and I'm tiny. Um, these imbeciles make random noises. Espanol. las noches. Wow. Um, Why were they saying
4: that? It seems like a bit informal. Ah!
2: They're mad. These these barbarians are mad. So that must have blown. They
4: would have gone over with a translator, wouldn't they?
2: Jesus, they're the first. It's the first people that have gone over to Spain. Well, they would have
4: got stabbed as invaders.
2: Okay. Well, that's that. There wouldn't
4: have been any chitter chatter. (laughs)
2: Did you say shitter-shatter just to try and be clever? No. Okay, let's go to the break. Experience the unconventional. Hello. The unpredictable. Don't you think that's a bit weird? And the
1: completely unorthodox. It was my birthday. With rule-free Ian Lee. I was just trying to generate a bit of content. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Hate alarm clock, hate going to work. On talk radio.
2: Hey, people accusing me of uh, cultural insensitivity and racism and downright xenophobia. Not at all. It, honestly, I'm not spreading propaganda. Um, I watched a documentary on YouTube. They, um, eat, Russians eat babies for breakfast, and um, they, um, they, do, they do genuinely love Big Country, the group. Um, let's go to Andy. Good evening, Andy. Hey, Ian. Hey, Ben. You all right? Very, very well, Andy. Thank you. Yes, it's one of those days where I'm, I'm having a great time. Can I
8: just, the reason I called up, and this now seems a bit redundant after the last quarter of an hour or so. Yes. But I was just
2: wanting to call up and go, good God, how good was Chris Difford? Oh, mate! Wasn't he fantastic? I and mean, Can I say this, Catherine? Go on. A very well-turned-out gentleman. Smelt delightful. Smelt wonderful. Didn't he look amazing? So smart. He's always been a very, very dapper uh, performer, but, you know, he's slobbing around with us idiots on, on the radio. And he looked and just... smelt incredible.
8: Well, I've been looking forward to it all day since I heard about it last night, and oh, it was even better than I expected it to be. So have, you, have you read his book? No, not yet. But I've just been on his website and
2: I've looked at it, and I'm very tempted Mate, to order get it. it. Honestly, get it, get it, get it. It's a bit, you know, it's a little bit cheaper on um, Amazon, but um, I, 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 you know, if you get it from his website, he'll get more of the money, and uh, you get it signed. So well, whatever, you know, as long as you read it, it's such a good book, such a yeah, good book.
8: No, it, it sounds it. But anyway, can I just say, in all honesty, about the Russian thing, you're not being very nice about it. Okay, go on. So I thought I'd call up and speak to Kath instead
2: tonight. Oh. If that's all right by yourself. Yeah, sure. If you want to, if sure if if you want to take the blue pill, Kath's over there. Sure. <laughs> Where you go, buddy? Where you go, buddy? Blue pills right over there. Kath, you all right?
4: I'm all right, thank you. I'm thrilled that my um, sensitivity has been recognised finally.
8: Well, it's about time, isn't it? Yes, it certainly is. Go on, let's you know, ha- let's,
4: let's have an adult conversation.
8: I, I don't know if he ends on his time of the month or whatever, but
9: he's clearly not happy, is he? <laughs>
6: buddy, you thought you were getting your side there and I don't well enough to you know you totally screwed up! You
0: totally screwed up! Good luck with this
5: one, Andy! Good
4: luck with... Night, everybody. Good night, all. <laughs> Fancy suggesting you were menstruating.
2: <laughs> he thought he was, he'd was. won you over and then he came and poked you in the eye with a sharp poked stick. Poked me in the womb. Um, <laughs> let's go to Mick. Good evening, Mick. Hello, Lee. Hello, Mick. Hello, can you hear me? Unfortunately, yes, I can. What's your favourite biscuit? Um, I, I'm, I love a base. I love. I love a custard cream. That's my favourite as well. Thank you. Bye. Thank you very much, Mick. Oh, Tell true. you what, I really like. <laughs> well, but you can't have too
4: many. Choco Leibniz's.
2: Oh yeah, there, yeah. as you know, I'm trying to lose weight again. I can't. But uh, there was a packet. The weirdest biscuit, right? The Oreo is, OK, we, we've accepted Oreo culture. For years we just saw it in American movies and now it's over here and it's fine. And the Oreo milkshake is, is the, the milkshake du jour. But in the kitchen here, they had Oreo slims, yeah. right? So it was like a bis- the biscuit, but the, the, the two biscuit bits were, th- were like maybe a third of the width.
4: Together they were, they were like one half of a yeah. normal Oreo. And
10: then there's a tiny little bit
2: of cream in there. Is that, what is the point of that? So you just get like a Sousson of the Oreo taste. If I use souffle in the correct, you, yeah. the way you look at me means yeah, I haven't. I've surprised you. I have, haven't I? I have. Hey, <laughs> hang on a minute. I've got uh, I, I've got a fanfare for that. Hang on. When we when we do something good, we uh, we celebrate it. When he says we, he means he means he. me. We go like this. <laughs> Song. What's this?
9: I didn't kill anyone. I, I, oh. I hope
7: I didn't uh, oppress anyone. I mean, I mean, I did have a Krasnikov
10: and military uniform, but I didn't, I didn't hit anyone. I didn't oppress anyone. Oh,
2: that's Shabazz Suleiman, the, the lad from ISIS. I've <laughs> <What's the chance, laughs> <I laughs> forgotten <laughs> about that. I've got. Do you know what I'm going to do tomorrow? Uh, uh, I've got a day tomorrow of nothing. Got to be in at seven o'clock. We got to talk to the podcast, man. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, but I have got a day tomorrow. Of nothing. So, what I'm doing tomorrow is playing video games. Mm -hmm. Got a print. I've got to send you shed loads of stuff that I need to print off tomorrow, please. Thanks very much. Oh, good. Indeed. And and I write down down a to-do list, okay? Because it really helps me. But I also write down good things on it. So, I've got print all of this stuff off, play video games, sort out hotkeys. Tomorrow's show is going to be hotkey-tastic, Okay. Hotkeys, and um, you'll get to hear things like
5: "Find me a boy,
9: prove it."
2: Hip, hip, hip. I have
9: issues with Indians. Off women's
6: head.
2: All of that stuff.
4: Where did you get? I don't remember him saying that.
6: Off women's head. No. I have issues with Indians.
2: (laughs) He's such an odd bloke. He's banned this week as well.
4: Good, we can talk about him. We, we can driving talk him nuts
2: about him behind his back. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. If you uh, want to give us a call, you'd be very, very welcome to. It's, it's one of those shows tonight where we're just going to kind of meander on and mo- mosey on down and see if anyone can think of things that I can do tomorrow. Oh, I might play with my green screen. Tomorrow. Might film a little something on the green screen.
4: Sounds like sounds like a lot of
2: fun. Yeah, might film might film my new TV series tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Don't know why. I'm going to use it. I, mean, I might film some stuff tomorrow, actually. I might have a go because I've got the extra light bulb that I need. You to need a big two fan. Lights.
4: That's the next thing you need to buy.
2: Oh, I haven't got um, hair for it to blow. Clothes. I'll just... just um, you can stand on the edge and tie fishing wire to it. <laughs> You think Uh, your name is Donald Trump? Sorry? Think
9: your name is Donald Trump?
2: Um no, my name is Ian Lee and and you are Kevin? I am indeed, yeah. Indeed you are, Kevin. You're live on Talk Radio. Switch your radio off, please. Oh right. I didn't know I was live now. No.
9: Okay, is that you, Ian?
2: Is that you, Kevin?
9: It is, yeah. Fantastic. Um (coughs) <coughs> I've heard... Sorry about that. I've heard uh, So do you, when you're
2: on hold on the phone, Kevin... Yeah. ...and you don't think you can be heard, mm-hmm. do you talk to the, the voices that you hear? I do, yes. That's peculiar.
9: Well, no, it, there's a reason for that. Go on, because you're nuts. Well, <laughs> it's that has been said before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was just wondering whether it was like uh, some trade yours or to wonder whether we legitimate, you know, ringing through or whether we, I don't know, huh? whether we're not a robot like you get sometimes on the internet, you know, and you have to Sex sort box. of press, press the buttons as to the shop fronts, how to. <laughs> Eight places, and you have to. You know
2: I, I mean. had a really annoying thing yesterday. Right, Go uh, on. I park my car uh, in a uh, multi-storey car park in Windsor, and yeah. I have a I have a, a residence card that gets you a discount in the thing. And, I'm, and I park in this car park specifically because it's a couple of quid cheaper. I can park for three hours in there for one pound fifty, right, with this card, and you get a, you get a pay and display. So you get the you get the thing, and I, I I went and did that, and the the machine was broken on that floor, so I had to go up to another floor, and I put it on, I stuck the sticker on the thing, and when I came back, I had a parking ticket, oh. and the sticker had the the, the the had obviously fallen off. I hadn't stuck How it dare on. Dare they? I hadn't stuck it on well enough. Twenty five quid I had to pay. Twenty five nicker. Was well, that a fine? Yeah, that was a fine. How dare they? Well, they dare because I wasn't. I I I, I had paid. And I thought I was displaying, but actually I wasn't displaying. So it ended up costing me twenty six pounds fifty. Well, I've displayed in the past before. To parking tickets, we were talking about all penises.
9: Uh, well, no, I wasn't on about parking tickets. Penises. I mean, we've been on about. Uh, no, I wasn't on about that. But apparently Donald Trump has, hasn't he, to uh, uh, a porno star
2: in the past? Um, what displayed his parking ticket or his penis?
9: <laughs> well, you'd have to ask him about that, but I know he, he's willing to pay uh, a payoff fee.
2: I've so not really followed these, these stories. So there are... Catherine, there are... Stormy there Daniels. There are adult... Uh, Stormy Daniels. There are adult movie stars, and what is the claim that claim that they've had a She sexual... had an affair
4: with him when Melania was pregnant.
2: OK, right. Did that actually happen, or what she she's claiming? She's
4: been paid off right. to hold her silence but the lawyer that paid mm-hmm. her off spoke about it.
2: Yeah,
9: oh. Well, is that, is that him admitting guilt in some way, or...?
4: Well, that's breaching the order, so she's sort of suggesting that that means that she should be able to speak.
9: Uh, right, Catherine. I think that's the way uh, I understand it. Well, basically, the reason I rang up anyway oh, wasn't yeah. about Donald Trump. OK, you brought him uh, up. I just, I just wanted to... Well, that was my view on Donald Trump. Yeah. But... Um, I mean, if if it was role reversal, that was me, I'd expect uh, a £10 tip.
2: Yeah.
9: You know what I mean?
2: Well, I uh, think the, the, the suggestion is he might have given her a tip, and that's what everyone wants to find out. Anyway,
9: yes. Wow, well, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I was ringing up to pay respects, seeing as you've been on about the trip to Mars, uh, or NASA have, yeah. shall I say. Well, NASA have, I,
2: I haven't, yes.
9: No, you haven't. Sorry no. about that. That's OK. Uh, apparently it's going to take three months to get there, you yeah?
2: know? Right, yes.
9: Um, and they reckon the astronauts won't be able to last to get there three months, stay on the planet Mars, and then trip back yeah. on a three-month journey.
2: Is, is this Elon Musk that's been talking about this? Because I know he's he's working on this, isn't he?
9: Uh don't remember his name, actually, uh, Ian. OK. But uh, the one thing I wanted to do was pay respect to uh, Professor Pillinger, um, who unfortunately died at the age of 70, and I'm not sure whether it was 2013 or 40. Yes. Um, but he is the one who sent the Beagle 2 project... Right to Mars in 2003. Yes. And everybody everybody dissed him because... Oh, is he, he the said,
2: British guy? Professor Spillinger, yeah. Yeah, from yeah, the Open University. Yeah, yeah, and big mutton chops. Yeah, And Colin everyone Finager. thought he was an eccentric, but actually he was he was a pioneer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got, like, long sideburns, you know what I mean? He's it's, dead
9: now, uh, is he? Yeah. Yeah, he died. He did unfortunately, okay. at the age of 70. Yeah. Well, um... The reason... Uh, the reason they gave him a bit of grief is because uh, they thought the Beagle Two crashed on landing oh, yeah. once it got to Mars, and that yeah. was in two thousand three. Yeah. Well, I actually made a couple of parts for that. Uh, did you? I did. Flipping it. Yeah. What parts did you make? The landing gear. Oh,
2: <laughs> the bit that, that everyone no, thought would bug it up.
9: <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know what part it was. It was sort of a precision engineering thing. So it was done off a technical drawing. And, um, well, everybody was giving him grief about it. But apparently, years and years later, they've picked up sort of, um, with modern technology, they've picked up uh, signals from it. And now they realize that... It didn't crash, so I believe, and uh, it's apparently given them a lot of information which will help with this new trip to
2: Mars. That's fantastic news. Well, that's excellent, Kevin, and and we should celebrate and we should dance around and um, all enjoy each other's company.
9: We should indeed. And like I say, I want full respect for Professor Pellinger.
2: Respect is due, Kevin. Thank you very much indeed. No, me neither. 03444991000, the late night alternative on talk radio.
1: Experience the unconventional. Even, boys. The unpredictable. What's happening? And the completely unorthodox. Exactly. With rule free Ian Lee. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. I've got no internet for the last four days. On talk radio. 0344-499-1000.
2: Oh, 344 499 four, nine, We've talked uh, Squeeze, we have talking uh, Russia, Spies, Mars, um, and anything you want, really. Uh, Stormy, what's this, Stormy Daniels? Stormy Daniels. Anything you want to talk about. Oh, 344 499 four, nine, Let's go to Sammy. Good evening, Sammy. How you doing, Ian? I'm all right, Sammy. I'm hot. Is the air conditioning on? Ms Boyle. Is it on number 17? That's what I like. I like it on 16. Some ACs go down to 16. Um, but this one looks like it's on. Oh, it's on twenty one. Sort that out. I'm all about the 21. <laughs> 21's good. twenty one. Twenty one's good. Who's all about the twenty one? Me. Th- that's your. That's your. Your. Um. The the temperature you go for is it? Yeah,
0: I'm um, his girlfriend.
2: Okay. Well, I, I didn't ask what you know who you were sleeping with, but <laughs> this would cause problems if we if you were my girlfriend and we checked into a hotel. Because you would set it to 21, then you'd go and have a shower. I would set it to 16, then I would go and have a shower. Then when I came out, I'd go, oh, this is hot. Oh, you've, set it to, you've set it to 21. Yeah, I know, I don't like it at 16, it's too cold. Well, I don't like it at 21, it's too hot. And then we'd split up.
8: That's oh, so true. Yeah, that's almost identical to the situation I'm dealing with.
2: Oh, Sammy, I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry. It's okay, it's not your fault. Don't be sorry, it's, it's better at 21, don't be
0: sorry.
2: Button it, hot woman, and I mean I'm using "hot" in the term of actually hot, not in what uh, oh, she's hot. I don't know. Don't lie. No lie. Shush. <laughs> button it. Button it. Talk to Sammy. Me and Sammy now. Me, me and Sammy, the cool guys. <laughs> Good
0: evening.
2: Oh, you are you, Yeah, well, you know, that's true. Actually, he's probably a pudding. Anyway, Sammy, what you got for us?
8: Um, so I recently went to the Canary Islands. Yeah. Um, a week ago, I, I just I dodged the snow very perfectly. Yeah. Um, when I was out there, the, um, all I could find on TV late night, um, not that I was watching TV all the time, obviously, yeah. was, um, an American channel, which, um, was showing like alien documentaries oh, and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to know, and I, um, assume that you would be into something, like but, um, it reminded me of when I was a lot younger Yeah. and I used to watch a lot, um, watch a lot of alien documentaries <clears throat> and yeah. Stuff like that. I want to know your view on it. And do you think there's mm -hmm. something else out there? Yeah,
2: Yeah, right. So mathematically, there has to be other life forms in the universe somewhere. There has to be. You know, the arrogance of us to think that we are the only intelligent um, life forms. And I use the term intelligent um, in parenthesis. No, in speech marks. In italics. Um, So, yeah, mathematically there must be. I myself... have seen a UFO. I don't know if it was from another planet, I don't know, but I've certainly seen something in the air that was not um, an aeroplane or a helicopter. Two and star. Sorry?
0: Two and star.
2: Well, no, well, no. No, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean... um, Saw that argument down straight away with my uh, quick response there.
8: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you either. Um, Um,
2: So what do you think, Sammy?
8: I don't know. Um, My problem is, as a person, I seem to overthink things all the time. Yeah. Um, And I seem to get in a bit of a rut when I think about things.
2: Go on. So tell me your problem with thinking that there's life on other planets. I don't know. I
8: just think... Well, I like to think that we would have... They would have made contact in our lifetime or we would have seen something. But then again... Why? I know... I'm not naive enough to forget that... Our lifetime's very short in comparison to how long yeah, it's things have been bling- going on.
2: You're on this planet yourself, Something for a blink of an eye. It's not a threat. If you feel threatened that it's coming from you, it's not from me. But you, you and I are on this planet for a blink of an eye. This planet's been around for billions and billions of years. So, So aliens may have come... Like twenty billion years ago. Also, the aliens may be on the other side of the universe, and it's just too far for them. They may not yeah. be as technologically advanced as we are.
4: They may be communicating in a way that we don't recognise. There
2: we go. You see? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I don't. Um... I tell do, you, I don't buy. I don't buy these American um, uh, Hicks that um, have claimed to have been bummed up by an alien. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think anyone has been bummed up by an alien. I don't think that has happened. Um, oh, yeah,
8: that, that, that is um, in my opinion just a bandwagon to jump on. Yeah,
2: so. yeah, that's the kind of thing your girlfriend would say just to get some attention, right? Yeah. Whoa! But, uh, steady on, steady on, steady on. Um... <laughs> Steady, I can't, I I, I must, I I must, the gentleman in me must immediately apologise for that outrageous slur to imply
6: that... You are not
2: forgiven. No, okay, and and nor should I be. Um, All I would ask, madam, is that you do not report what I've just said to um, Ofcom, otherwise I really could be in very, very serious trouble.
5: It's a deal, it's a deal.
2: Thank you very much indeed. Totally suckered her there. Um, the
4: microphone is still on.
2: Hashtag Me Too. <laughs> no, uh, um, Ian. Yes. Ian, do you um do you believe that the um,
8: the whole um, link between the Egyptian times and um, ancient aliens?
2: This guy's speaking my language. Here's my <laughs> theory. Right, it's not totally my theory. Eric Von Daniken, Chariot of the Gods, but here's my theory. Right, we lived on Mars. Um. Millions of years ago, right? Humans lived on Mars, and at some point they're going to find on Mars a TV remote control or a piece of Lego, right? And You wait. You wait. There's going to be live <laughs> pictures coming from the Mars rover. Yes, and uh, we can see the Mars rover is moving towards something there. It's zooming in. Oh, my God. It's a wheel from a Lego car, and it's a Lego Batman. <laughs> That's what we're going to find. right? I reckon that mi- millions of years ago we lived on Mars... There was either... uh, There was a disaster of some kind. It was either man-made. It was either a war or it was a natural disaster that killed the planet off. Um, But some were... They fired off, like, five rocket ships filled with um, different skilled people that they thought they would need to survive on planet Earth, Okay, Um, And they, they... One of those rocket ships landed in Africa one of those rocket ships landed in the americas one of those rocket ships landed in europe and i don't know where the other two are one in the yeah,
8: sea they proceeded right. to create yeah. what
2: we have now yeah and 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 we are we are martians and, and then catherine goes oh yeah but how come there's no evidence of that i said well there is evidence of that um well where is the technology well the technology the message has been passed down And passed down, and it's like Chinese whispers, right? If we landed on this planet a million years ago, right, a million years ago, the information that we had then has been passed down, and the way to read that information has been lost. Uh, Untrue. Go on.
4: Surely the Egyptians had hieroglyphics, right? Right. Why did not they write this stuff down? Some instructions. Yeah, they did
2: hieroglyphics.
4: Yeah. So why can't why why don't we haven't they been translated into um, and I can I can modern explain modern Egyptian like everything else they wrote in hieroglyphics. I can explain
2: has? it. I can explain it to you perfectly. Right. Go on. Our children are different, so let's put them to one side. But if we went up to a child in the street, right, with a cassette, a C ninety cassette, and we said, "These are the instructions you need to." Um, live the best life you can. It's on this, away you go. The kid wouldn't have a clue, and that is technology. Not our
4: writing works, not our literature works.
2: No, no, that's how technology works. Technology works. Yeah. But then I suppose you could you could argue that that's the
8: same as the King James Bible. Boom.
2: Why would you do that to me, brother?
8: <laughs> well, no, I mean, no, I'm, I'm not throwing religion into it. I'm not throwing religion into it because that's a bowl, bowl of whiskey conversation. No, but, but what
4: you're saying is each generation takes the old yeah. literature and the knowledge from them. You don't just Absolutely. suddenly like chuck it yeah. all, especially if it's that important. All right, well,
2: hang on a minute. We haven't got um, w- w- vital documents. All right, here we go. Oh, here he we go.
4: He thinks he's come up with an I've got argument
2: it now, right? He thinks. Uh, my, my,
8: my, my, sorry, just, just, just to interrupt. My, my only difference there is that obviously. <clears throat> The, the Egyptian period, we can, let's say, 80% prove happened because we have the evidence and stuff yeah.
5: there. Yeah. And yeah. we've read That's their stuff. Uh, from obviously
2: the, okay. um, do you know the what I'd love project? to do, Sammy, when I get home tonight? What I'd love to do is I'd love to go home, turn on my television, turn on my PlayStation, and I'd love to put in a DVD and watch the first ever Patrick Troughton Doctor Who story. I'd love to watch it. What's the reasons for that? I can't watch it. I can't watch it. Because it's It's been wiped. It's been wiped. It it was wiped. Now listen, that was something. No! You listen to you listen to me! (laughs) You listen to me! You listen to me. (laughs) That was something that was broadcast fifty. Three years yeah. ago, fifty-three years and ago, and then, we don't have it anymore. And
4: back then, they <laughs> thought it was throwaway because it was entertainment, yeah, right? Yeah, you're talking about the keys to civilization. No, I'm not. I'm talking. People are no, going to go, oh, no, we don't do this old stuff I'm not, anymore. No,
2: because we, because the people always assume that we would always know that information. We don't know that information. It's been wiped. The technology that we've got, uh, you you try put you try put um, uh Sanskrit. Into a Mac. Doesn't work. <laughs> no, but Doesn't there are people... Work.
4: There are scholars of Sanskrit who can
2: translate them for oh, you. Oh, those boring arseholes. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work.
8: That, Sanskrit is, is um, completely different. That's, that's corp, greedy corporate guys against greedy corporate guys. That's completely different ball game.
2: What? Oh. <laughs> and now we've both ganged up <laughs> again on Sammy. This is what I like. Now I'm, ba- now I'm in familiar territory. Um, well, Sammy, um, uh, I hope that's cleared up a few issues for you.
5: I still don't yeah. know whether you like
2: aliens or even whether I like no. aliens or not. Yes, I no, like I, I like aliens. He
4: thinks he is one, Thank not, you. not
2: as much as you do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm implying that she's. Um, yeah, we up, know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Let's yeah. go to the break
2: right now. It's electric. It's eclectic. It's always rule free.
1: It's the late night alternative with that man, Ian Lee, <laughs> on
2: Talk Radio. 03444991000. Fiery and feisty chat this evening. That's the way I like it. I like my chat served up with um, with Side spice. order bullshine. With spice. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so there you go. Um, yeah, you can call in about absolutely anything uh, you want, really. Um, I'm not sure where to go after that. Um,
4: Apology to me?
2: No, 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 no. To uh, the truth. No, no, to the truth. You can't handle the truth. I've never seen that film, The You Can't Handle the Truth. I have, with. I can't remember much about and it. there's a picture of um, Jack Nicholson in the paper today and they're saying he's fat. But he's so, old. He's, first of all, he's eighty. Secondly, he's kind of slouched back in a chair. Thirdly, so, who cares? He's eighty. He's just Jack, Jack Nicholson. Uh, who cares? He's eighty. Jack Nicholson is eighty. He's making a he hasn't made a movie for I think about seven years. Doesn't need to. He's yet, about he? to make one. He's, oh, really? he's making um a new movie, and do you know what? Yeah, good. That's what we need. What we need. What the world needs right now in twenty eighteen is a, is a new Jack Nicholson movie. Good for him. I bet when he dies, though, oh, so many there's going to be some stories mm. that are going to come out, good and bad. I bet. I just get. I, I just got a feeling. I'm Jack Nicholson. Then the Jack Nicholson smile. That's
4: more like no. That's more.
2: I'm Jack Nicholson. <laughs> And here's Johnny. <laughs> no, that's so terrifying. I'm Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I'm Jack Nicholson. Where's the drugs? I'm Jack Nicholson. You got some drugs? <laughs> One of his most famous catchphrases. Yeah, in life. <laughs> Jack's back. Oh, look, Lane, a very wise person whose contributions I always enjoy. Not being a kiss-ass here, dude, but you are right. Humanity... Thank you, Lane. Humanity has forgotten more than it knows. We discard and move on. We are consumers, not storage facilities. That last sentence is, is Oh, he confusing. always goes
4: over the top, doesn't so.
2: um,
4: he? Didn't uh, tag me in that, the coward.
2: No, well, well why would he? Because you're, you're, you, you, he's, you're he's running him. counter
4: to my... I've not muted him. He's running counter to my um, hypothesis. Um,
2: hang on a minute. Hi, hi, Ian. I just spoke to you. Sammy. For further reading, look up Tom DeLonge. Tom DeLonge. He was the front man of a band called Blink 182. He's invested most of his money into research, into aliens and the other worlds. Oh, blimey. Tom DeLonge. He's all about government cover-ups and whatnot. It's good. Tom DeLonge. Um, I'm going to click on Sammy's profile because I'm hoping he's posted a picture of himself. I want to see what he looks like. See what um, Sam? I'm stalking, I'm stalking Sam. Um, if you click on the media, um, oh, this guy's a dick.
4: <laughs>
2: He's not posted any pictures of himself.
4: Oh, we all know what that
2: means. The Elephant Man. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't like that guy. Um, okay, so. Um, well, it's been a feisty couple of hours, and now I'm not quite sure. Um, i sure And not quite sure where we can go to with this. I'm not quite where we can go. What do you think we should do? Well, we've
4: sorted out spying.
2: We've done spying. Sorted out the aliens. We've done the aliens.
4: Um, Trump got a little going over.
2: Well, that's... Well, gone to Stormy <laughs> Daniels... Ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't like to have sex with a porn star.
4: I wouldn't like to have sex with Donald Trump.
2: And I'll tell you for why. Because those gal, guys and gals have um, been pleasured in every which way but loose. Yeah, in but some did, cases, and loose. Um,
4: John Ronson, that thing he did, the butterfly effect, yeah. they use... They use porn to get excited on porn oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. sets. So I don't think they are necessarily. We all know they're not having a great time on set.
2: Well, no, exactly. Also,
4: the men are always minging. Um, I find it very off putting.
2: I'm not usually looking at the men, but yeah. no, I would disagree. I, no, I, I would think disagree. They, I think they often spoil it. What's, what strikes me. What, i tell you what confuses me about pornography, mm-hmm. right? Is why do all the men. <laughs> Why do all the men have such tiny penises? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one. Thanks, sir. <laughs> what an idiot. What an idiot. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Here we go. Um, every now and then, a vapist story comes up. And I just, all I do, right, with the vapist stories, I just put them out there. And just watch them pile up for about three or four years now. I've been saying, no, I I'm not convinced that vaping is is the the saviour that everyone says it is. And um, and I started off with no evidence, just, just a grad- hunch, just a hunch, Columba. And just gradually over time, more and more evidence presents itself as I knew it would. We're in like, it's like. Um, you know, uh, uh, smoking has been around for, like, 500 years. Vaping has been around for 15 years.
4: What I have noticed about people who um, have swapped cigarettes for vapes...
2: Is they're more boring?
4: <laughs> well, and then if you say to them, but it's still not proven to be safe, yeah. you get this argument, la, 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 okay. but it's still safer than smoking.
2: Here's a great one, right? Here's a great one. And a few times I've talked about vaping, and people say, yeah, 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 but... Would you rather your kids smoked cigarettes or vaped?
4: Honestly? Yeah. Cigarettes, at least you can smell it on them. Wowzers. They're going to come back, right, when we were kids, yeah. they would give away signs that you'd been smoking and your parents could address it with you, right? Yeah. You, excessive use of polos, a lot of links going on, and the fact you smell of fags. Yeah, yeah. These days you're not going to know. No. And you won't know what they're smoking.
2: Well, here's the thing. You will know. Children who try e-cigarettes are 12 times more likely to smoke tobacco, researchers found. Duh! I've been saying this for years. Scientists have inco- uncovered strong evidence of a so-called gateway effect, according to the first UK study of its kind. Of course they are. Here's the thing: you, 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 this is why people start smoking Silk Cut and they end up on on Benson and Hedges because Silk Cut is a, a pussy smoke and Benson and Hedges is a man smoke. That's the way it is. You just know that Silk Cut light training fags. Can I get 10? I don't think they do um, packs of 10 anymore. I heard someone don't say, they? no, I think it's, you've you got to go straight And down. how expensive are fags now? So it's, like, well, it's like 12 quid a packet, 15 quid a packet. No. For 20 smokes. You have no laugh. The results are highly controversial because public health officials have been promoting e-cigarettes as a safe way of quitting smoking. Well, it doesn't mean that that's necessarily not true, but it, it, it does mean, as I have been saying, if, if kids start vaping, they're going to start smoking, and the week after they'll be injecting brown. Researchers from King's College London and Cancer Research UK looked at um, 1,100 children aged 11 to 18 who are subsequently followed for four to six months. Really, Cancer Research UK, you're following children at the beginning, anyway. So that oh, I'm I'm, ju- I'm just going to put it out there. Just putting it out there. It's just out there. All I'm saying is, as I've been saying for the past three or four years. Children who try e-cigs are 12 times as likely to start, start smoking tobacco. So when they say, would you, would you rather your, your kids smoke fags or vape? I'd rather they didn't do any, and I'd rather that you vapists didn't normalise addiction by vaping in the street, vaping in your cars, vaping wherever it is you vape. And I'm glad so many places now are vape-free Places. I'm really glad of it. It, uh, You know, I I do think we should have some bars and restaurants where people are allowed to smoke if you want. I think that would be kind of cool. But um, I'm so glad because you vapists um, really are the scum of the earth. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, another hour of this. Absolute tosh uh, coming your way. You're listening to The Late Night Alternative, weeknights from ten, only here on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Sorry, I meant to ask for a bed. Who's pausing with with what? A bump? A baby bump. What? Who are those people? I don't know. I don't know who. Here's the. Here's what I always. The twins' think. news is more exciting than the sport. Here's here's what I always think. Right, if the, 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 every you know, you're told <laughs> as a news reader, you've got to fill two minutes and thirty seconds, or three minutes, whatever it is. Um, if there's not enough news to fill it, don't don't fill it. Don't don't fill it. Don't, if, honestly, if, if if there's, I don't 've got that young lad as it feels like I'm doing every night night to um, he's trained from the Mario school of uh, uh, journalism, but actually, I, and I do and I don't just mean this guy. I mean, I mean the the, the problem with this started with twenty four hour rolling news, right? Where, uh, but when I was a kid, you had the local news at tea time, and then you had the big news at, at nine o'clock and at ten o'clock, right? And that was it. That was it. And, and and if 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 something you know quite big happened. You wouldn't know about it until the, the local news or the, the big news. Oh, well, at, you know, there might
4: be a news flash if it yeah, was that if it, important. I was
2: about to say, if it, this is a medium thing. If it was a big thing, if the Queen died, there'd be a news flash, right? There'd be something like that. But if it was just a medium-sized thing, you know, you would, you'd wait until 10 o'clock and they'd go, and today, you know, there was like some bloke got shot and stuff. Oh, blimey. But but now, with with rolling news, and I've, you know, been part of that machine, I've been on Sky and and this station, you know, and, and uh, other radio stations, um... Everyone feels the need to fill with with stuff and um get opinions. There's um, there's a there's a terrorist um uh expert. What does that even mean? Um who used to be in our patch. And um he, he's he's always on the, the radio and the T V um giving his opinion on terrorism. You know, when something happens it, they'll get this this guy on. And um And he's a lecturer, I think, professor. And um, I don't think he's very good. I don't think what he... I I think I've argued with him in the past. I don't think what he says... And also, even if what he says is good, right, all it is, it's him guessing. He's never been to... um, an ISIS training camp in Afghanistan. He's never, you know, worked alongside the women that are, are, are abused and raped in, in in ISIS He He's guessing. He's, he's probably read a bit more than us, you know, in terms of interviews with people that have come back from there. But apart from that, it's a guess.
4: My favourites are the royal correspondents. Yep. Because the royals do not talk to those people.
2: Mark, <laughs> well, the best one, I've told you this before, this is great. Funnily enough, I saw someone today from um, BBC WM. I saw a local BBC station in the West Midlands. I used to do a show Friday afternoons and Saturday mornings. Right? It was a silly knockabout, fun thing. And um, the last time I was, one of the last times I was there, um, one of the one of William and Kate were expecting the daughter, the girl. And, um, and I was just praying, I was praying, please don't have it during my show. Cause I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't give a stuff, could not care less. And I don't want it. And I know that there was a new boss there and I was thinking the new boss is going to make me talk about it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we're doing the show and then my producer comes in and says, she's just had the baby. It's a girl. No one knew what the sex was until then. Um, and we've been told that we have to get an expert on. And, and I knew there was no point in me arguing with him or arguing about that. I thought, personally, it was a wrong call. It was a lazy call. Um, but I went, oh, just just get an expert on and we'll talk to, talk to him. So I got an expert on. this old boy. And we said, I think his name was Richard or something. I don't know what he was. Richard. I know exactly who it was. Richard, um, exciting news for some. And I was kind of playing it down as much as I could within their framework. Exciting news for some. Um it's uh, a baby daughter. Um wonder what you made of that. Well, Ian, we don't know yet whether it's a boy or a girl. Um speculation is it could be a girl and he's going to this thing, and I was thinking okay, maybe I've maybe I'm misreading what I'm seeing on BBC News now because it says it, she's been born, and it's a girl. I said, "Okay, Richard, but I, I, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a girl. I, I, are you telling me that that's not confirmed?" Well, Ian, we won't know for sure whether it's a boy or a girl. The rumours are it will be a girl. We won't know for sure, of course, until the baby is is born, and we're expecting it. Hopefully, at some point today. I went, Richard, um, you should probably turn the telly on because um, it's been announced that it was born about five minutes ago. Has it? Ah. But well, I was I was just in the toilet, so let me let me. They said let me switch the television on. Aha, uh-huh, Yes, yes, Ian, it is a girl. And then he just started reading off what was on the telly, and I pissed myself yeah. laughing. I was in hysterics because it goes to show that that the experts are guessing right. And then we did a, uh, then we did like a silly phone in. What would you name her, right? And people were phoning in with like She-Ra. you know. It, it was, but <laughs> we, we were encouraging. We weren't disrespectful. We weren't rude. But people were phoning in with stupid names, right? And afterwards, the new boss phoned me up. This is like week three of her regime. She phoned me up, and I said, um, and she was, go- and I said, right, just tell me, am I in trouble? She went, well. I'm not happy. I said, right, you told us to get an expert on. We got an expert on. I think it was a bad call to do that, and it proved it because he didn't know. Well, he should have been briefed. Your producer should have briefed him. And I just producer laughed. producer always gets it. And I just laughed and went, yeah, or well, we shouldn't have got an expert because no one in the real world cares, right? And then she said, and that thing where you naming the baby was outrageous. It was, it was, off- and it wasn't offensive. I made sure we, we were well within the line on that. Um, it was funny, man. People were coming up with funny names and we were laughing a lot. That was, how, that was, that was, uh, you know, I'm really unhappy with the way this is planned out. And I was gutted, you know, because I want to do shows, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. And then two weeks later, I'm in WH Smith's, right? And the... Head, cause The BBC has heads of regions that are responsible for maybe ten stations each, right? And the head of the region came over to me and he said, Ian, can I have a word? I was like, oh, Jesus. That, it was nice working here. He said, can, can I have a word with you? I've got to say, your treatment of the birth of the princess was fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely spot on. I've played recordings of that to all of the other stations in the region. That's exactly what they should have been doing. It was fun. It's not a major royal. She probably won't be queen. Um, it was fun. The thing with the expert was hilarious. Did you set that up? I said, no. Um, the, the naming thing was great fun, and it was easily the best. Um, and It's no exaggeration. Exactly what he said to me. It's is easily the best covering of that royal birth on the region. and I'm really proud of it. I'm going to send it up to Tony Hall. I said, Right. That's interesting. Could you have a word with Sarah? Because I had a bollocking for that show, and he went, "Well, yes, I know we we do disagree on some things on terms of our You never told her, of course, you no. know. And it just goes, it just goes to show, you know, this whole let's get let's get experts on, and you know, no, it's all guesswork. It's like when we do the show, and there's been like you know, like some idiot driving a, a van at people on on London Bridge or wherever it is. It hasn't happened, but when it's happened is um and we kind of are um corralled slightly into doing um uh you know a more newsy based show but we do it in, in, in our way, which is not to get people on guessing. No, we get people on who are giving useful suggestions, like maybe how you would b- break this subject to your children, you know, or you know how you would tell your children that they can feel safe, or you know, you know the, the, the effects it might, all of that stuff. But also
4: between us, we don't go off on you know speculation and stuff. But you listen around and people you listen um...
2: to the two mics. <laughs> yeah, but that's but... their style, and their style is fine and is loud and is bombastic. I was listening um...
4: to um, Adam Buxton one of his newest oh, podcasts yeah, yeah. he speaks to this guy called michael lewis who amongst other yeah. things wrote moneyball and he was a guy who uh, ended up working in fi- in finances okay. he, he worked uh, on wall street and he worked in the city here yeah. as well american guy yeah. and he said any financial expert telling you that they know what's going to happen yeah. is a liar yeah, yeah yeah he said because what you've got is a best guess yeah. right and i whenever people ask me to make a prediction i always tell them I'm not going to do that because I don't know and neither does anyone else.
2: It's, um, the 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 whole news um, thing is rubbish. And and Sky and the BBC should just cut their losses and go, do you know what, we'll do news at the top of the hour and see how that goes.
4: Yeah, do you remember when news used to be exciting because stuff had happened in between and you didn't know? But the thing is now they're competing with Twitter and and you can't really.
2: I get all of my news facts from Twitter moments. I do actually, because I do. I've got this weird thing and it keeps popping up on my phone. Uh, no, sorry, my laptop. Where I get the 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 New York Times or the ti- the Times pops up news things on my computer. So I somewhere obviously I've signed up to something, and I've gone to the Times website and unsubscribed from everything, but it still just keeps popping up on my computer like a little headline and stuff. And I think, well, I don't want um, I don't want that rubbish. I don't. I don't. I'm 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 quite happy. Being blissfully unaware of what's going on in the world. I'm away next week. I'm going away Saturday, and I'm coming back sun- the, s- Sunday, the week after. And then I'm then I'm staying over the the road because I'm doing GMB on the 26th, Monday the 26th. Good morning Britain. Good morning Britain. Thursday and Friday this week as well, guys. Um, and I'm I'm away, and I'm taking loads of books with me. I've got a few Bob Dylan books. I'm taking my PlayStation, taking my Retro Pie. And I'm taking a load of karate films. Bought a brilliant DVD, Blu-ray, um, um, two hours of kung fu movie trailers. Just trailers for movies. And they found them under. They found them in like a restaurant in in Birmingham or something. Like these lost two hours of insane karate and kung fu film trailers. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to go for long walks. I'm going to play video games. What and about I- that mandolin? Oh, take the mandolin as well. Yeah, you take the mandolin. I'm going to learn how to play the mandolin, and I, 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 for a week, that's what I'm going to do? Going to stock up on food. Just tune out. Just tune out, man. And um, I, I'll have my phone on and stuff, you know, in case there's something wrong with the kids or something like that. But I, I ain't. I, I'm. I'm. Uh, what's the phrase? I'm going off grid. Oh. Although I might be on grid because you might see me um, if, if I'm online playing PlayStation games. But that's it. If you see me online playing PlayStation games, for, for God's sakes, don't tell me what's happened. I don't want to know what's happened. Now, here's the thing: me knowing that Donald Trump has paid off a, a, an adult movie star hasn't, doesn't doesn't affect my life. He sacked way.
4: someone on, via Twitter today, didn't okay.
2: he? I don't know. Don't, don't know. Doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> but and, there's and no now
4: revelation I, there that no. Donald Trump is an idiot.
2: And now I know that my life is, is is exactly the same as it was thirty seconds ago before I knew that. Um, with um, respect, knowing. Um, you know some of the terrorist things of that. Okay, the, the when the the, the idiot, uh, whatever bridge it was, Westminster Bridge is it? I don't know the names of bridges in mm. London. When the idiot was driving along Westminster Bridge and, and mowed people down and murdered them, right? It, 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 it changed my life for like twelve hours the next day. But that was that was it. You know, it, it's it's had no real change. I mean, knowing that it's sad and it's tragic and it's horrendous. But it's not had any impact on my life directly. No,
4: and the other thing is that it's not, you know, they say, well, what you do is you stay vigilant. People were being vigilant before. No one can anticipate that kind of thing.
2: Um, uh, You know, me knowing that Philip Schofield had done a brave walk across a bridge for those people Defying. that lost their lives. You know, it doesn't, Um, you know, um, Donald Trump having talks with Kim Jong-un. Doesn't... So what? Doesn't, doesn't, has any, doesn't have any impact on my life. Most of the news... Right, front pages of the papers. Um, right, front page of the Mirror, uh, Jamie Garriga. Doesn't affect my life. The guy that's back. Doesn't affect my life. My life was no different since knowing that story as it was before. Um, the front page of The Sun, um, we've Vlad enough. Theresa May's got a deadline at midnight, which has passed... And my life was no different before I knew that, was no different at 11.59, it's no different at 12.15. The Daily Star, the bloke spitting, and, and the mail is, is, again, Putin. It has no impact on my life. has no impact on my life whatsoever. Um, and it, it, it's all meaningless to me. So next week, I'm out. I'm out of here, guys. I ain't listening to the news. I ain't, I ain't listening to talk radio. I ain't listening to absolute... I'm listening to it. It's, it's too late. late. Is a double dump. I mean, uh... Double dump go off. Double dump doesn't work anymore. Oh man! Let's go to the ads.
1: Moonlit <whistles> musings from mums, madams, Ooh. and meat packers. Oh, never mind. I must have missed The Late Night Alternative, with Ian Lee. The station's brilliant. On Talk Radio.
2: Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. We've talked about spies, Russia, the pointlessness of news, um, and all kinds of things. And if you've just tuned in, you missed Chris Difford in the first hour from Squeeze. Bloody good. uh, You'll be able to hear that as a podcast tomorrow. It's... um, it's on my YouTube channel now, if you want to go and watch it um and Paul Ross will be here at one o'clock oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the phone number let's go to Freddie good evening Freddie oh yeah how are you doing i'm I'm ready Freddie
6: uh, I was just uh, listening to what you were saying about news and stuff just yes. then yes and I was thinking, don't you think that now it's really difficult to distinguish what is important from what is not important? Go on. Like, you know, because you, it's like the drone of news. It's like background noise all the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you can't distinguish, it could be something that's happening with a celebrity, yeah. which you've been kind of part of recently. You'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then it could be, like, some poisoning from Russia that we're all expected to
2: believe in. But oh. how do we distinguish, you know, what's going on? Well, I, can, I, can I... I don't think either of those stories are important. I don't think either what? of them are pointing. Celebrities' private lives, who they're shagging and what they're shoving up their nose doesn't bother me in the slightest and no concern of me whatsoever. Also, a well, fella I- I'd never heard of and his daughter is really sad. I'm not making light of it. It's really sad and it's tragic, but, they, but being poisoned by whomever, it, it, yeah. my life has not changed since then and it won't. I think it's really, really sad and I get people say, well, if, if it was Russia and it's on British... All of that. I get all of that. I get it. I get the story... But it doesn't impact me at all. My life is, like is you, no different from knowing that.
6: Yeah, but it's like you've become part of the news recently. The last time I spoke to you, we were talking about the jungle. Yeah. and yeah. Was, We were talking about uh, microdosing acid, and I thought, oh, oh. God, I've, I might have got Ian in trouble, yeah? Oh. Because these stories started to appear in the paper. I, I hope yeah. I've not said something terrible, do you know what I mean?
2: Well, um, I, no, I, I think I know what you mean. Um, But moving back to Russia, you you implied there that you don't believe that the Russians were responsible.
6: Well, it's not that I don't believe it, it's just it sets the whole thing up not to be believed. Because when you're told so many stories that end up... And it's not that they end up not being true, it's just they end up pushed by the wayside or kicked into the long grass. So something that's important this week, will seem irrelevant next week... So it's really difficult for the general public, I think, to have any sort of handle on what's important.
2: Here's what the general public should do. Stop watching um, news channels. Stop watching news channels. Is the news at 10 still on at 10 o'clock, Catherine? Uh, Yes. Let's say yes. Watch the news at 10. Watch your local news. Well, no, do you know what? Don't even watch that. I used to watch Newsnight. You know, Newsnight for Jeremy Paxman. Yeah. Paxman disappears. The whole world goes mental. Yeah. I've never, do you know, I've never watched Newsnight. I've never watched it. I've I've never watched Question Time either. I do like listening to Any Questions, which is the radio equivalent, but I like it. Oh, yeah, on, on Radio 4. Yeah, but I like it. As because I like, I I listen to it as wallpaper, right? It is wallpaper. I like the background from the background. Yeah, I like the sound of it. I like the sound of it. I don't, I don't, don't, don't don't, don't you feel those things are so set up though? Because you'll get a panel of people that are,
6: uh, I mean, I'm not saying the, the arguments are rehearsed. I'm saying that the people are selected. Yeah. And the way, and and somebody is steering that conversation, aren't they? You know, it's like when you watch, um, Question time. Yeah. You get the sense that the debate is being steered in a certain direction, don't you?
2: Well, I don't know, because I've never seen question time. I do know with with any questions that the panel, and it, because they have to, because it's the BBC, and I know people accuse them of bias, and possibly there is in some places, but the panel uh, of... I think it's four people they have on there. Um, it has to be... Really well balanced, and there was a, there was actually a point when they were having Ukip yeah, well, that, on too many times. But yeah, I but, think that's the problem the BBC has though, because obviously the
6: BBC has to have this sort of that balanced thing. But in being yeah. balanced, it can sometimes be a bit. There's obviously a point that is completely ridiculous. Yeah, but they have to entertain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I get
2: that. They do give. Um, um smaller um fringe groups the same credence yeah, yeah, yeah. as a real political party which
6: which is kind of interesting but when there's a very like in in a run up to brexit mm. you can feel this kind of groundswell of ridiculousness
2: yeah but also the audience um, again, it's, it's first come, first serve, the audience. They don't pre-screen. But the audience tends to be <laughs> from uh, centre-left to the left because, b- because primarily that is the radio for listening audience. Well, so, of course, it's going I, to be that.
6: I get this feeling of, a lot with talk radio, not, not this specific talk radio. I'm talking talk radio in general. Yes. Where t- the shows during the day will have a set group of topics. Yeah. And people will ring up. And those people, are, people ringing up, are kind of exploited in a way, because they're expected to play certain parts, and they will be screened for those parts. So that, if, is that I, paranoia?
2: We're getting into some some great stuff here. I don't know if that's exploitation. I mean, yes, it's free content, so I suppose you well, could argue that, you know, while the presenter could be getting uh, several hundred, if not several thousand pounds, the the, the yeah. saps that call in. You, well, in, in that case, I'm exploiting you, Freddie, because you're free content. No, no, but-
6: well, this is what I'm saying, is your show is, isn't agenda-based. I mean, you do have certain topics and you will kind of mention something maybe that's been in the news, but if somebody rings up and just wants to talk about, I don't know, they might have a problem with alcohol or they might have a problem with something... Well, but then that could, be
2: argued, to- that could be argued that that is an agenda. This show certainly, you know, we like to say it's agenda-free and it's, it's formless and shapeless, but actually... In itself, God, man, we're getting meta now. But in itself, well, I, that <laughs> is a form of agenda and manifesto. And also, yeah, but I
6: don't get—I don't get the sense that you are a kind of curator of that agenda. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like you don't um, necessarily
2: screen the calls. No, but I—I I, I would argue that I am in uh, because uh, and. Uh, well, you could cut anyone off, couldn't you? Yeah, but also <laughs> the sh- because the show is is primarily me. It's driven by me. Um, And obviously, Catherine, to a certain extent, but but primarily it's me that sets the tone for the show in the first five minutes of When I Open My Mouth. It is definitely coming from a certain socio-political standing viewpoint.
6: Yeah. But your show reminds me of how talk radio used to be, because I used to listen to Tommy Boyd and Caesar the Geezer oh, yeah. years ago, yeah. and there was a guy on Manchester Radio called yeah. James Stanage. I don't know if you've heard of James I'm aware Stanage. of James
2: Stanage. <laughs> yeah, I've not heard too much of James Stanage, but I'm aware of him. But he used to get kicked off all the time, yeah. for swear the, be-
6: the best it, ones do. There was, a, there was a kind of more... I don't know if it's a more of a freedom, but there was less... It's like when I listen to Julia Harley-Brewer, I just get the sense that... Who? Everybody ringing up there is definitely being exploited.
2: Hang on a minute. People ring
6: up that show? Wow. <laughs> um, I, that... Well, you know, who cares what John Smith which thinks?
4: But to be fair, once you get into a show, once anyone gets into a show, there are very few people who ring up, and the ones that ring up usually do so because they have a fair idea of what they want to say and what's being oh, she... expected of them as a caller, do you know what I mean?
6: So you mean they're like regular callers?
4: Regular callers, regular listeners who become callers, even if it's just for yeah, the one. Yeah. You know, you oh. ring because you're pretty sure you know the way it's going to go,
6: don't you? But if I feel the same way, like, when I've watched the right stuff, and I've watched stuff like that on the telly, I just mentioning, like...
2: it's a long list of arseholes you're mentioning tonight, but, yeah. But, like,
6: you know, I did see what... You, when you were on there, Ian, and the, I thought the way that they... St- I mean, I know it's different because it's television, and obviously yeah. there is a lot of stage managing going on. Yeah. But uh, it does feel very... Like when they have a phone, fo- somebody ring up. Um, Matthew very rarely looks
2: bad out of that situation. Mm. Oh, no, but but, but, but any phony show is designed to make the host look good. You know, it, well, uh, well, in, any well, shows, up until about a year ago, I had faders here so I could fade you down. I haven't got them now, but I can certainly take you off air and I can certainly cut you off. I can certainly remove you from the conversation for a bit and then bring you back in. And I will always have the last word. So the host, yeah. uh, the host it, if the host comes off looking bad, um, yeah, they're a bad host. You.
6: Yeah, because you're, you're the anchor of the whole thing. But I, I, I do... There's less of a sense... With this show, I get there's less of a sense of kind of filtering of content. Well, there's no there's no people... filtering...
2: That, that, there's no. There is very little filtering of calls. There is a little bit this week, because yeah. we, I've just decided to put a few people into the Simbin. Um, but I, I am one of the few radio hosts that can admit I'm wrong if, if if someone presents something that I'm completely wrong, I can, I can yeah. you know I've learnt to say, oh do you know what, I think you're right and I, and you've changed my way of thinking or I apologise, yeah. I was incorrect.
4: Also, you know, well, as a producer I'm in here, I'm not next door um, asking people what they want to phone and what they're you know, and writing it on yeah. the screen I've, I, In fact, I don't think I've ever written thing where someone's going to take a conversation on the screen for you, Ian, because I prefer and we prefer, I think, to hear the um, conversation unravel anyway. naturally Anyway, yeah,
2: I don't I do know. Get, I, go I do on, get last thing, because I don't know how interesting of, this is uh, for the casual listener. But go on.
6: <laughs> yeah, the kind of uh, meta, talking yeah. about talk radio yeah, on we're, talk we're radio. We're
2: gazing at our neighbours. But I was,
6: uh, I was sort of trying to say that this is kind of how talk radio used to be, you know,
2: well, the way you present. Yeah. So, All right, Freddie, nice one. Thanks very much indeed. Who's filling in for me next week? Is it Boyd? People are saying on YouTube why it's Why Boyd? would I be told? Why would you know, <sighs> of course? Why would you know? I, that, I don't know if that conversation... I was enjoying it. Um, that's a kind of late-night... Um, uh, bottle of whiskey conversation to be having, um, but I, I don't know if people find that interesting or not, I do, I do some, sometimes I, we get a little bit uh, excited by our own navel oh, 0344 499 four, nine, but this is a show where you can phone in about pretty much anything you want, another 30 minutes of this nonsense, my name is Ian Lee she is Catherine Boyle, this is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio the radio
1: show that knows truth is always stranger than fiction.
2: Week Monday, I
1: get shoes. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Because they're too real to be part of my imagination. On
2: Talk Radio. So I went flying on Sunday. I can barely walk today. Seriously, I am I can barely walk today. I was not born to fly. Mm-hmm.
4: But you look so good in the suit.
2: <laughs> the suit, of course, as I knew it would be, was a little bit too small for me. But, um, but there you go. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the phone number if you want to give us a call. I'll tell you what we'll do. The calls are a bit quiet tonight. They, they generally are when we've had a guest in the first hour. It's kind of, the show has a different um, kind of energy about it. And that's absolutely fine. Um, but in, it, it is a tribute to Freddie's call there. Let's uh, for the last thirty minutes, we'll take calls straight to air. That may, maybe that will, well, Freddie there saying that this show is a bit like the talk radio of the nineties, uh, which I take as a great compliment. Um, so for the last thirty minutes of the show, we will take calls straight to air. We don't call you back. Um, probably free for most of you. Maybe a few pennies for some of you. Uh, but the phone number is oh three four four. Four nine nine one thousand oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I'm not expecting to get anything. I'm expecting it to be a little bit quiet, and that's absolutely fine. It's half past twelve on a Tuesday night in the middle of March. Who's who the hell is going to be phoning a radio station at this time of night? Uh, but you'd be very welcome to if you're sat at home and you want to phone up and make silly noises or sing "Hey, little hen" or whatever it is you want to do to just let off some steam as we uh, as we approach. The middle of the week. Um, we don't know who's filling in for me next week. Um, people are saying it, it's Tommy Boyd. I don't know. I've got absolutely no idea. Absolutely no idea. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I, do you know what? I don't care. Uh, uh, because I, I can't... And I know you're the same, Catherine. Although you did listen the other day. I can't listen to my show when someone else is doing it. I can't... I listened to a little bit of Tommy when he was filling in. And um, I was driving... Somewhere. I was in my car and I was listening to him. And I come back from somewhere. Where was where was I when Tommy was on? Had I been abroad? No. No. Yes. I had. I don't know. Where had I been? Australia. No, 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 no. Because I was driving back in my car from somewhere. And I. Anyway, I don't know. Um. Um. So no, I I can't I can't listen to the show when I'm not doing it because I feel like I'm missing out with uh, on having fun it feels like my you know it feels like my show i don't, I don't well it is my show i don't, don't want to see it. <laughs> it feels like it is my show for the next 15 months at least anyway 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call calls will go straight to air between now and um 1 o'clock when Paul Ross comes in eight british tourists listen to this this is outrageous um eight brit and speaking of, uh, right eight british tourists were arrested in holland for bra- brawling on a train and pooing on its toilet floors <gasps> now the toilets in this building are disgusting right? the men's are oh god there's just wee all over the place here's the thing if like, sometimes sometimes guys um a little bit of wee spills on the floor it happens What you do is you get a little bit of tissue, you wipe it up, you make sure the floor's clean, you flush that down, you wash your hands, right? Um, But you go in there, and I've I've taken my shoes off today because my feet are absolutely killing me. And I've got got soggy feet. Oh, God. Soggy feet. Dirty. Dirty buggers. It's outrageous. Hello, caller. You love Timmy Mallet. Thank you very much indeed. Talking to Tommy Boyd, you love Timmy Mallet. Um, eight British tourists were arrested in Holland for, a, for brawling on a train and pooing on its toilet floors. Police were waiting for them in Amsterdam after reports up to, 18, up to 15 tourists have been fighting on the high-speed train from Brussels, Belgium. I bet Europe can't wait to kick us out. I bet they are so relieved that we are leaving the EU because of this kind of behaviour. A police spokesman said they also made four toilets unusable by defecating next to the toilet instead of in it. Wow. It was an unbelievable mess. I mean... Why would you? I remember someone once at school did a poo in the urinal. It was one of those long urinals, and there was a big, big a stink. Ast- there was well, well, there was yes. Hello, caller. It was
0: an unbelievable mess.
9: Are,
0: Hello, you're on the air. Turn the radio off. Right. Um, do I turn me right? Ra- at the first time I've called. Do I turn my radio off? Yes, please. Right, right. <laughs> this is nothing. It's the first time I've called, and I'm an old woman, and I, I just <laughs> thought I. It's nothing to do with what you've been talking about. Okay. Um, what I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about your two little lads, and I had two little lads like the aged yours, and I'm thinking about the Easter holidays. Oh, yes, yes. And if you... And I thought maybe you, um...
2: Wanted to come over for a cup of tea, but I barely know you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. Um... What it is, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm dead nervous. I've never done this Don't before. i'm be nervous. Um, right, I've... Um, okay. Have you ever took them camping? I
2: hate sleeping
0: in tents.
2: I hate it. Or, is, oh, is, right. that, is that what you're planning on doing?
0: No, No. I've, well, I've done it for you. I mean, I'm an old woman now. I've yes. done it with me children and yes. me grandchildren yes. and yes. everything, but um I just one night and it's just I just thought it was a free night's entertainment and just a little campfire and Oh god. What do you mean free?
2: Just, so where did you where did you go camping then?
0: Oh I went uh, well when I was um the boys were nine and ten we yeah. walked the whole Pennine way. Wow and well, camped on the mountains. Heck at nine and ten. Wow nine and ten. How 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 <laughs> did that go down? It was marvelous. It was. Um, it felt very painful. I mean, it was. It was harder than with. <laughs> yeah. Harder than we thought yeah. it would be. Yeah, but. Some old um, and nine to ten, uh, I can.
2: I can barely get my kids to walk to the end of the street, and yet you took them uh, ca- hiking along the Pennine Way.
0: Uh huh. It took nearly three hundred miles. It took nearly three weeks. About <laughs> eighteen and a half days.
2: Wow! Well, well done you. That and you, that's and, that's something uh, they'll treasure, I'm
0: sure. Uh, well, they've never stopped, and they've got three children each now. Right. And they've done that sort of thing with the children as well. So, well, uh, it sounds. Uh, I, I, what, they said it's the best thing that they've ever done, and I just thought maybe a night just. They, I can imagine the three using a little tent and. Telling ghost stories and things like that. I'll and, tell. I'll tell you, you ghost know. stories.
2: What was? What's your name? Marilyn. Marilyn, it's nice to talk to you. We'll, we'll speak again, Marilyn. Thank you. Let's go to line two. Line two, you're on the wireless. F-way. Sorry. Oh God. Uh, yeah. Hello. You left that phone here, my man. I oh, can't. I so- can't hear you. Why don't you come into the same room as the telephone? Sorry. Oh,
8: eh, here it goes. Eh, I'm sorry. He was going to play something to you, and I'm sorry. Okay, here it is.
2: <laughs> okay, look, well, we can't hear it. <laughs> Hello, line three, you're on the wireless. eyes. Jack eyes. Sorry, I have to do that. That's okay, man, I can't hear you very well, but thank you. Have you had a nice day? Um, yeah, it has been a nice day actually. I'd recorded some stuff for BBC Radio Four Extra, which is always nice. I like going in there. I like um, like doing that. Um, a little wander around. I'm trying to walk more, so I parked here and then I walked in, and I've, I've, I think I've got close to my ten thousand steps today. So, yeah, it's good, a good day. How about you? Oh,
5: I'm really good. Yeah, it's a good day, man.
2: Oh, dude, it's a terrible, terrible line, man. Thank you very much. Let's go to line four. Four, you're on the wireless. <laughs>
5: Hey, can you hear me? Uh
2: unfortunately, yes. Who is this, please?
5: Hey, cheeky. I'm Cena. I've just got back from uh from work, so oh. but I was just I was ringing in just quickly because I'm just getting out of my car now yes. to get into bed. Oh. And um I've just a hey, hey. and I just heard the
6: previous call called Marilyn. Yes. And it was really nice hearing her voice because she sounds just like my mum who passed oh. away five years ago. I don't oh. know if she's from Hartlepool or wherever she's from, but she sounds just like my mum, so it was really nice oh. of way
2: to say thank you very much. Oh, what a lovely thing to phone in and say, Serena. Thank you for that. <laughs> no worries. Have a good evening, guys. Get in bed Take quick, because it's chilly out. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Well, nice call. Line, uh, line six are on the wire. Oh, no, line six is gone. Well, oh, what a strange shirt uh, run of calls there.
4: Lane's saying the same thing about uh, Marilyn's voice. It's
2: bringing back memories really? of his mum, yeah. Oh, uh, there's me thinking it was uh, another undercover. <laughs> 0344-499-1000. Call straight to end till one o'clock. Stimulating nightly emissions guaranteed to open your eyes and your mind. Oh,
1: my word. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Uh-
2: Strange old night tonight. A little bit quiet on the phone, so we've opened up the lines. Calls straight to air. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You ring up, and I just go line one. You're on the wireless. Hi, Ian. This is
5: Jerry. Jerry. Jerry from California.
2: Oh, hey, you phoned up with your friend, didn't you, a few weeks ago? Yes Nikki. That's it. That's it. How it just it's weird because it shows up that you're calling me from Nottinghamshire but I know <laughs> I know you're not and I, it's it's a weird uh, kink in the system. How are you doing?
5: I'm fine. I'm nervous. I'm still I I thought the second time would be a little easier but I'm just shaking. <laughs> It
2: doesn't. It gets it doesn't harder. Get any
5: better, does it? It gets harder and
2: harder as it goes on until um you end up uh, dying. No, you don't. No, don't that escalated quickly, didn't it? Um, I don't know. It's a weirdo thing. How's California today?
5: Oh, it's it's okay. It's a little warm, but it's raining, so it's kind of that <laughs> muggy kind of thing.
2: I love it. I love it. The smell of petrichor. I love the warm, muggy rain. I love it. There's nothing better. The oh, I'm choking. Hang on. The warm rain. Oh, man. I like the rain. I like going out and getting wet in the rain. I don't necessarily like it then having to come to work and be soaking wet. But if I know I'm going home, I'll quite happily walk in the rain and get soaking wet. And then you've got the joy of of being sodden and then getting home and getting out, stripping off. And maybe you have a shower. Maybe you just towel down and you put on some comfy old clothes. It's a great feeling.
5: Yes, and we well, special over here because it's usually hot. So when it does rain, you know, we just we we love it. We if, love the if rain. If I was there now, I'd be in to the rain
2: long. in my bikini. That's <laughs> what I'd do. That's exactly. Hi, Kath. Hello. <laughs> Go, here's the thing: you you sound so glamorous to us. Your your American accent, the fact that you're in California, the fact that it's warm and rainy. Doesn't it sound glamorous yeah, gosh, to I us? Could
4: do the bit of that at the moment um, it's been so cold, Jay. Oh, thank you. Thank you,
2: thank you. Is your life <laughs> you know is I'm your life saying, glamorous? I'm... Do you live Do you live a glamorous life?
5: Well, no, I oh. don't. I'm I'm kind of a loner. I kind of just kind of stay home. I mean, I'm I don't have to work or anything. But that kind of thing, yes. But oh. you know, it's like kind of a, a like a miserable life because of the, of the depression. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, that I do. Time. Remember. Yeah, yeah. Talk about
10: depression. Hey, did you send yeah, me an so, email? You know,
5: we did. You know what? Did you get it? Because I wasn't sure if if it was the right email. Yeah,
2: you, I, I did. You sent me a very nice email, basically saying, you know, keep your keep your chin up, son, and I appreciate that. And and um, do you know, I very rarely, if ever, because I get so many emails, I, I very rarely, if ever, reply. But I did actually mean to reply to yours because I thought it was it was it was lovely. Um, but I did get it, and thank you very much.
5: Oh, you're welcome. You know, I wanted to tell you that um, I also watch your um. Down the Rabbit Hole podcast on, on Periscope. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. What did you make of that nonsense?
5: And, oh, my gosh, this uh, was a Saturday. Oh, it's hilarious.
2: Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. Well, maybe we, we we tried to do one when we were in New York last year. We tried to do one in New York, and then the venue let us down right at the last minute. But um, uh, we want to do one in America at some point. That's that's the That's the plan.
5: Oh my God, that would be great. You know, I want to wear, I want to, I think one time you had a shirt. I want to um, buy some, like whatever you have, and advertise you guys here if that's okay. Because I just, you know, I think you guys are so funny. Oh, and it's just, you know, more people would hear you guys. I think they would love it over here. Oh, do you
2: mean the rabbit hole shirt? Yes. Okay, well, here's, my friend Scott does those, and you can uh, you can buy them from his website. But I know here's the he's the thing, here's the catch: he's he's legally he's not allowed to sell in the states, but um uh, uh um it, 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 maybe we uh, we might be able to sort something out i'm sure we could sort sort something out but hey listen if you, you just keep spreading the word and i don't know uh, I, I think you are on twitter aren't you but you know every if you keep tweeting to your american friends and telling your neighbors that they'd be very welcome to listen and very welcome to call in and, and just keep here's the dream right? here's here's my actual dream Is to some point in the future when my kids are old enough that it would not be, it would not have such a negative impact on their life. I want to do this show in America. I want to move to America and I want to do this show um, uh, somewhere in America. Because I think if Kath and I could get on American radio and do a phone-in show, we would blow... People's minds with this with this absolute tosh and rubbish, um, and so that's that's the plan. That's the dream.
5: Yes, because you know, because nowadays it's like people are just so uh, you know, like you guys remind me of like the old, um, ver- like the variety, like a sunny share kind of thing where you guys laugh all the time. Hey. And and today, day it's just it's that you don't get that very often because people are always uptight.
2: Yeah, no. I, hey, listen. Being compared to <laughs> being compared to the Sonny and share show. Oh, mate, I'll take that. Hey, listen. It's nice to talk to you. Keep in touch, and we'll speak again soon. Thank you so much for your lovely call.
5: Oh, you're welcome. And you guys take care. Thanks bye, Jerry. Lot.
2: Take care. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. What a what a delightful, um, uh, what a delightful person.
4: She's saying I'm sunny, isn't she? <laughs> I don't think you can see <laughs> my tash from over there.
2: Uh, it's, it's funny think Sonny and Cher had their own. Sonny and Cher made a movie.
4: Yeah,
2: it's not a very good movie, but they made a movie. And it's like a day in the life of Sonny and Cher. But they
4: were really, they got a long way on Charm, didn't they? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they were, they, and also playing. They were. Um, he wa wor- He worked for Phil Spector, didn't he? He was like a, a musician or an arranger or a ba- songwriter. Oh, right? I think he was a songwriter for Phil Spector. And Cher was one of the backing singers, and that's how they kind of got together. I mean, strange, um, strange act. Um, 0344 you've got seven minutes and 41 seconds, um, to call in before, um, poras. <laughs> poras comes in at one o'clock, takes over the airwaves, he's on uh, one until five. Five, it's uh, James Max, then the station shuts down between 6.30am and 10am, and Mike Graham comes on. And um, I haven't listened to Mike for a while, actually. I might, if, I'm, if I'm awake, well, I will be awake for part of his show. I- I'll have a little listen to Mike. He's good, he's good, isn't he?
4: He is, yeah. he is. He doesn't take any prisoners.
2: No, no, no. Well, he's, he's not, he doesn't work in the prison industry, so... But that's why uh, he doesn't. I think it it it's against
4: be... the Geneva Convention mm, yeah, uh, of yeah, Radio. Yeah.
2: Do you notice, guys, I called it the prison industry? Yeah, that's right. They're making money. Um, oh, this, is a, oh, oh, this is a great story. Police are hunting a football club owner who led a pitch invasion carrying a gun. You seen this? Oh. This is brilliant. Ivan Savidas, 58, stormed onto the field. Greek, Greek football. Stormed onto the field during a clash between the football teams. He was angry after his team had a goal disallowed. Mr Thavidath ran onto the pitch... I don't do that in Greece. Uh, ran onto the pitch flanked by four bodyguards with a pistol in its cover. I would call it a holster. Mm-hmm. He is accused of threatening the referee. Players from the rival team fled to their dressing room and the Greek Super League has now been suspended. The whole su- The whole league has been suspended? The other manager, Manolo Jimenez, said... It's the type of thing you expect or see in a Clint Eastwood movie. Police have issued an arrest warrant for Sabadas, who's one of Greece's richest men, and a close pal of Vladimir Putin. Uh Well, He'll either buy them off or bump them off. Officers search the city of Thessaloniki, where they play their home games to find the Greek-Russian businessman and his bodyguards. Christos, Theodorakopoulos. A member of the Conservative New Democracy Party. Look, 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 look. He's got... He's got a gun on him, Cass. He's packing heat.
4: So he went in packing heat, though. It's not like, oh, right, I'm going to stage a protest and I happen to have a gun. He'd gone in tooled up.
2: He went in tooled up.
4: You can't carry... You haven't got open carry in uh, Greece, have they?
2: I don't think... I don't think... um, I don't think they do that, no. I don't think they do that. Gosh. 03444991000. Hey, come in, Paul. Hey, hey, don't... Don't loiter. Don't, don't loiter there so like many. it's the, it's the stage door and you're some starstruck.
10: I'm a linger. I don't like to intrude. I know my place.
2: <laughs> a your place is your place is in front of a microphone. Paul. Well, I'm we not paid. That.
10: I'm only paid from one a.m. though. So with all oh, respects, okay. well, I'm no. just saying it's my gift to you this morning. <laughs> you two. pass your hat around at the
2: end of this little, little busking session.
10: I did love your uh, attempt at the Greek accent. Or was it m- Mexico? Just there, Batches? We don't need no stinking I, um, batches. <laughs> I, my, my,
2: because my, my wife's half Greek and I I did get quite good at the Greek accent, but I I can't do it. I can't do it now. I Learn, I was a, learning as, you, as, as just heard. All right. <laughs> okay.
4: Do the Spanish one. That was Spanish, wasn't it, that you were uh, tr- attempting
2: right. there? Right. Why don't you both <laughs> you <know, get> do <laughs> We had... Hang um, on a second. Let's go, hey, we've got a call in. Let's go. Of course. I don't know who this is. Line one, you're on the wireless. Hi, Ian. It's Jack. Hey, Jack. How you doing?
9: Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, just quickly, um, this is the first time I've called, actually. Yes. Um, it's good to speak to you and oh. to Um Do um, you know, um, um, you... you you, you you read out the um, schedule then yes, um, and you say that the station shuts down
2: yes. Station one one till five it's Paul Ross, five till six thirty yeah. it's James Max. Then the station takes a little breather between six <laughs> thirty and ten, and then Mike Graham comes on.
9: <laughs> yeah, see this is this must be like some sort of running joke, but because I'm quite new to the program, I don't get it. Why why <laughs> why don't you mention? Um, the, the, the breakfast show.
2: Well, because, because we, we don't have one. It, it, we don't have one. Oh, right. Okay. Thanks, just... thanks very much. Um, Paul? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Julia Heartless bruiser We had, um, I don't know if you know we had uh, Chris Difford in earlier on from
10: Squeeze. I didn't hear it, but I heard about it. Man, yeah. it
2: was, you know, I'm a huge fan and he sat there with, and he's such
10: a charming... Yeah. Proper, well turned out, smelt nice. Didn't he used to tour with? Was his band the Fluffers? Was it Chris and the Fluffers? Or oh, I, think it, I think it was Glenn's oh, yeah. band was the Fluffers.
2: Yeah. yeah, but it was it was great. Yeah. And he sat there and he's you know he's he's he is one of Britain's yeah. greatest songwriters. And he sat.
10: There. I mean, now you know f- you know Sometimes, for three or four they were South London Lennon and McCartney's, yeah. weren't they? Two or Sometimes three years.
2: Sometimes this job, man, you just have to go. When are you getting it. Brett from Swade on? I love Brett from Swade. I've got to read that book. You've been saying that for a month. I now. know. I've got. <laughs> A Do job. your homework. I've got a big pile of books. <laughs> no, you you get, get him on. It was only a, a slim volume, I thought. Yeah, I'm reading a book <laughs> like about Ray himself. I'm reading a book about <laughs> ca- Canadian comedy troupe Kids in the Hall. Then I've got to read a book about Jim Jones. Uh, uh, then, then I'm reading Brett Anderson from Swade.
10: Jim Jones takes precedence. Oh, are you building to Brett? Is That'll he your be- treat <laughs> at the end of the saddle? <laughs> <laughs>
2: On your show tonight, Mr Tonight,
10: Russ? well, um, we are talking bumblebees, we are talking the demise of the 1 and 2 P coin, but I'm delighted oh, to yeah. celebrate the life and work of a man who was at number one in the US charts on this date for three weeks, 1962, Bruce Chanel. It's not him we're celebrating on that great record, Hey Baby, I you can hear the harmonica. Hey, hey, baby. All oh, right. And yeah. there's a harmonica. Well, Delbert McClinton, who played harmonica on that track, Here we go. made enough money to come to this country and tour. He bumped into somebody called John Lennon yeah. and taught him to play the harmonica better, which is Love Me Do and Please Please Me. Oh, <laughs> come on, man. Wondered... Delbert McClinton, what a legend. I wondered how you are
2: going to turn that round. You did it with absolute style. And
10: also the main vocalist from a friend of the Playboys, Judy in the Disguise with Glasses, yeah. was also born on this day. And of course that was inspired by Lucy in the Sky with yeah, Diamonds. Yeah, of course,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah it was. I, I, I'd, never, I'd never researched the actual connection, no. but it was, yeah, I think they've just the been same... cheeky, I
10: think. They've been cheeky, weren't they? they but it was yeah. A bit, uh, and also on the show, we are talking about um, what might lo- lie below the liquid surface of Jupiter oh. and whether or not we're heading off for miles in two years' time. So it's a mixed bag. Man
2: alive, you co- you're covering all bases. That's the first
10: 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the way I speak, I've been told, loads of people are texting me and tweeting me saying, slow down, but I'm always like this. What? I think it's being the oldest of six kids. Yeah. I had to... Come can we cue the sad music? I had to compete for my parents' attention because I've got no memory of any time when there weren't younger siblings because my next brother, Simon, was born when I was just 18 months old. Oh, blimey. Thank you. It was a tough life, seriously. 18 in a shoebox. <laughs> my father used to beat us to sleep with a broken bottle. Is this sad music? It's like these sinister.
2: It's, 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 um, it's what they play on um, The X Factor when uh, you find out that the boy, oh.
10: boy's singing it for
2: his nana who died of cancer the week before. Oh, dear. It's, uh, it's that.
10: You nailed it. I love your backstory. You lost <laughs> a family member The hideous accident. <laughs> that was my attempt at a Greek accent. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> Paul Ross at one o'clock. Uh, Thank you, Paul. I'm looking forward to listening to that on the drive home. It's always a joy. Um, We are done uh, tomorrow night, or tonight at 10 o'clock, we've got Gail Porter coming in, which I'm really looking forward to, actually. That'll be nice. If you missed Chris Difford from Squeeze, um, it was an absolute joy. You can watch it on my YouTube channel. It will be out um, when we get in tomorrow evening as a podcast, and it's well worth listening to. Absolutely fabulous stuff. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Sam. Back tonight at 10. Thank you, Mr Ross. Uh, Until then, uh, from us, ta-ta, but here's Paul at 1 o'clock.